Welcome to Game Face episode 177 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. We're here to give you the biggest and the brightest in video games for the week. I'm Shane Satterfield. And I'm Matt Kyle. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm Dinfire and Matt is M Kyle. Uh, some updates before Very creative. we yeah. <laughs> uh, some updates before we get into the show proper. Uh, I talked to you guys a few weeks ago about how we're making some updates to Sifted.net. Those are underway. Uh, Brent is working on that stuff right now. A lot of the early stuff that you're going to get from those updates, you're not going to see. There's a lot of stuff going on in the background for the site as well for during these updates. Um, a lot of you may not realize it, but other people do. That there's some questionable talking between Patreon and Sifted right now. We're getting that stuff sorted out. The short of it is that some people have been watching our content for free for a while. Mm. And the gravy train is about to end, folks. So if you're one of those people who's been watching our content for free for a while, that's going to end. You're going to have to go to Patreon. You're going to have to pluck down your four bucks a month to keep watching our stuff. That's getting fixed. There's a bunch of other things going on. Uh, probably the visible stuff you're not going to see for a few weeks still. Um, but I will say this, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised by how much we're going to be able to get done to the site within our budget. Uh, so some big stuff's going to be coming, but you guys aren't going to see it for a little bit. Uh, another note, uh, I'm sure if you haven't been living under a rock, everybody knows it's fantasy football season right now because it is everywhere. I've never seen fantasy football promoted like this across like everything. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, but we are approaching the deadline for our Fantasy Football League. Now, this is not our video game Fantasy League. This is a real Fantasy Football League. So uh, we're approaching the deadline. We've had a couple people reach out, but this is kind of your last chance to reach out to me if you want to be a part of it. Uh, again, you can get at me with a DM on Twitter. You can direct message me on Sifted, at Shane. Uh, but just get in touch with me, and we'll try to get you guys into the league. We already have 12 it doesn't look like a lot of people are going to drop out, so we're thinking about maybe going to a 14-team league, which I'm not a huge fan of. At that point, you're like trying to find like third-string running backs to start <laughs> and things like that. So I'd like to avoid that. Um, also, if you're in the league, let me know if you're going to be out. I sent out a league-wide email. I haven't really heard back from most people, so let me know if you're not going to be in our fantasy football league this year because there are people who are asking and want to get in. Uh, and before we get on with the show, it's time for a word from our sponsor. Feeling the urge to get away from it all, permanently or for months at a time? Immerse yourself in the best Montana has to offer on 320 acres of remote, heavily forested property. Gaze at your own private lake from the deck of the log cabin. Truly off the grid, soak in a custom wood fire heated hot tub surrounded by wilderness and wildlife. Visit www lostlakemontana.com for more detailed information and images. You can also contact Doug DeShazer today at deshazermt at gmail.com or 406-291-1643. That's deshazermt at gmail.com or 406-291-1643. I'll tell you what, after the last couple weeks... <laughs> I'm, I might need to buy that property in Montana. <laughs> it's been crazy, man. It has been nuts. Like trying to get into the swing with the new studio and getting all the shows rolling and working with Brent and we're doing a bunch of stuff for games. It's been nuts. 
Uh, I could definitely use a week or two in Montana on a lake in a cabin. So <laughs> hit up the Shazer Ryan Realty if you're feeling like me and you feel like you need to get away a little bit. Uh, I just saw in the chat, Matt, that someone said that Loot Crate just went bankrupt. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that either, but it does make sense now because we did not get our Loot Crate for this month's giveaway. Hmm. And I was out almost to the point where I was going to reach out to our rep and be like, hey, we haven't got our crate yet. Now it makes sense. The good news is we do have two more crates to give away that are like backloaded, so we're still going to give those away. Uh, and if this does turn out to be true, uh, someone asked a question like, are we going to replace the tier on our Patreon? We absolutely will. We'll find some other thing of equal value that we can give you guys every month that you guys can sign up for at that tier. Um, yeah, I haven't seen a store. I didn't see anything on this on Sifted either. Yeah, so I didn't see anything like maybe that. Maybe it's just breaking, but that's a shame. I'm surprised that they couldn't sustain. I mean, I don't know how well that business model is really rolling these days. It was a big deal for a while, but like, I think... I, certainly everyone I know who is into that stuff has sort of canceled their subscriptions just on the basis of like I have too many Funko Pops that I don't care about and I don't yeah. know what to do with all this because really like loot crates were like tended to be one thing you want and a bunch of stuff you throw out that's true so. yeah I mean no I think lately probably at least two good things and mm. then the rest are like little like I've never really gotten any of I, I've gotten two loot crates in my entire life and it was the Mass Effect one and the Fallout one ah. and, and, and those did indeed have a bunch of stuff I kept including that uh that Mass Effect hoodie I wear all the time. Yeah, I mean, there, uh, every crate has at least two really cool things in it. Mm -hmm. And then you're right, the rest, your mileage will vary based upon what you're interested in or whatever. And I could see where someone subscribed to Loot Crate after a year, you're like, holy crap, yeah. look at all this stuff I have. What am I going to do with it all? And probably start getting rid of it or giving it away. Mm -hmm. It works good for this purpose because people are just getting that one Loot Crate that we send to them. And like I said, there's like always two really awesome things in each one of them. Uh, but I could see where if you were a subscriber and therefore the business model would mm -hmm. fail if people don't subscribe, I could see where you might burn out on that stuff. And then I think they also just kind of work themselves a little too thin. It's like mm -hmm. they had separate crates for like everything. Yeah, they, they spread it out a lot. Also, I think you're in a, in a period like every, almost everyone I know is going through that Marie Kondo like decluttering uh, phase right. right now. Like, Actually, like, we're doing that at my place right yeah, like, now. I, like, I think it's a bad time to be selling like useless crap yeah <laughs> you may be right i mean honestly, unless you can eat it That's yeah different. yeah because I, I actually got like um a couple of the loot crates before the program started and so it was, the stuff was old by the time we started it on our patreon so i just kept them mm -hmm. and like i never opened them and like i looked at them and i looked at and you're right like i ended up seeing like three things in the two crates that i was like this is kind of worth keeping the one thing i do like about loot crate though is that it gives you domestic domestic items that you can actually use. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that I like. Yeah, like I've kept like the glasses and like the shot glass. I think there were, there were Mass Effect shot glasses in that crate and stuff like, like um, that. Like this stuff, like these coasters that we have here, mm -hmm. these uh, Mario coasters. Yeah. Co I got these from Loot Crate. Like this stuff is actually like functional. Yeah, like my normal set of coasters are the Fallout ones that came in that crate. Yeah. Like, and stuff like that. For cool. me, it's like, it's like the little like weird... Funko things or like the the keychain of something. Yeah, it's like it's like okay, you're putting extra little things to make it feel like there's more stuff in it, but really yeah. you're just there for those, like the the mug and the shirt and whatever and like you know the, the the big stuff. Yep. But anyway, we do have two more crates to give away. We'll probably be doing that in the next week. Um, rest in peace, loot crate. That's kind of sad. <laughs> I I hope it's not true, but if it is, uh, it was a great idea. But I think like a lot of businesses, yeah, Dan, Dan Boy ninety says they're shipping the remaining boxes, but they're done. Oh wow, 
Yeah, I just think they spread themselves too thin. It got to a point where they had so yeah. many different subscription options. That Meanwhile, there's a $400 collector's edition of Destroy All Humans <laughs> Remastered, and I'm just like, are really? Who's going to buy that? Who? Who would buy that? Uh, Ian McGar is going to buy it. Oh, really? I saw in the comments on the story. But is like, he, other, like a special other than fan it, of the game or he, something? He, I, he, lo he loves it, I guess. I mean, I, I know there's fans of that game out there. I just... $400. I mean, I could maybe kind of see $400 for a new one, but yeah. a remaster is Chris like, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess on the flip side, at least you know how much you like it. That's true. It, it makes, actually, it makes more sense than like the $400 special editions of like new games where you're like, like with the uh, Darksiders Genesis. I'm like, yeah. so you want me to pay like $400 for a statue of a character I don't know if I like yet? That's a good point, actually. At least, at least you know if you like crypto or not. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. So. If it's true, rest in peace, Loot Crate. And like I said, we will find something else for that tier on our Patreon to make sure we're giving something really cool to folks at least once a month. And with that, let's get on with the show. I saw some comments in the chat before we got started. People were like, okay, what are going to be the topics for high-low today? Mm. <laughs> How are they going to fill out a show this week? And I hear you. It has been a really, really slow yeah. week in video games. We would have talked about Rebel Galaxy Outlaw if they'd gone live last night. Yeah. But they didn't because they went live at 9 a.m. Pacific this morning. Yep. Um, PC games, get on get on the get midnight launch train here, people. <laughs> What's going on? I mean, I, I think, as I understand it, it sounds like uh, uh, on Twitter, I think the developer just wasn't didn't think they were going to be awake for right. a midnight launch. Oh, they're so going to be awake. So, uh, no, they literally were saying, like, Epic can be up at midnight, but I can't be up to make sure everything goes right. Oh, so we're just going to do it in the geez. morning. So, I guess they have a decent sleep schedule. They must. No there. crunch there, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is, is that Gamescom is coming up. And so, therefore, we're going to preview Gamescom for you guys today. In fact, we are going to blow it the heck out. We're going to give you every big potential story that could be coming from the show. Um, and we're going to run down the biggest games that are going to be there, some of the big games we know a lot about, but maybe there's new information coming. By the time we finish this topic, you are going to be prepped and ready for Gamescom 2019. So let's get started. Um, probably the first thing that we should bring up is that, unlike any year prior, Jeff Keighley's doing a big Gamescom blowout before mm -hmm. the show even starts. Jeff Keighley, Euro trip with Jeff Keighley. Yeah. <laughs> That's a movie that needs to be made. <laughs> <laughs> so he is doing he a big do, He doesn't do a ton of Europe, Europe stuff. He doesn't. That's what I'm saying. This is like yeah. the first time he's done something like this. So his usual E3 shenanigans, which as you guys all know, are usually amazing, and the Game Awards stuff, which is usually amazing. He's doing the same thing for a pre-Gamescom show. It's uh, Monday, August 19th, and obviously the time's going to be different for all of you depending on where you're living. But... Uh, Along with that, it has helped us prepare for this conversation about Gamescom because, as you know, he gives up his rundowns before the show happens, and a lot of times it hints at stuff to come. And so we've managed to kind of cross-reference information given to us by publishers so far with what's on his rundown to deliver what we think is a pretty reliable look at the new stuff or the new features that are going to be shown off at Gamescom. Mm -hmm. uh, let's start with undoubtedly the biggest game in the industry right now, undoubtedly the game that's going to win Best of Show at Gamescom 2019, and that is Cyberpunk 2077. Um, what what do you think they could show at this point that could make an impact? Do you think they have another cameo in the in their back pocket? Um, I, maybe it's possible. I don't think anything with the impact of Keanu. I mean, what makes the most sense is probably to uh, do what they did 
last year and released the demo, the in the behind closed doors demo they showed at E3. I think as, that's as, probably as most likely. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know if they really need to do more than that at this point. Like they've got, uh, they've got the mind share. They've got the zeitgeist. They're, uh, you know, people are talking about it uh, left and right, both good and bad. Uh, it kind of dominates. The, I mean, even you know, Sessler, who runs that data company, is you know, uh, Spike Trap. They analyze all the social media chatter. And at the time of E3, he was like, you know, the most talked about game in the world is Fortnite. Like Fortnite, for it's always Fortnite. Everything yeah. else, everything else, you just see the shifting sand. That is not a surprise underneath to me at all. Fortnite, right? But when Cyberpunk went live and the Keanu thing happened, and all that, Cyberpunk was four times. I think it was four times as mentioned as Fortnite. Wow! Broke for a few hours, like wow. the only time that's ever one happened. game broke through, and it's that one. Like you know, to most people, that's a new IP. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not. It's a, it's a pen and paper RPG from the early 80s. And now they're making another but, tabletop game based on it that yeah. isn't actually an RPG. It's like a card game. Yeah. Think, yeah. Well, there's also been... I mean, Netrunner was a uh, uh, f- Fantasy Flight living card game that uh, was very, very cyber... I mean, it's, you know, cyberpunk is is a genre pretty much now, and cyberpunk itself has specific things to it, but... It was sort sort of a very uh, generic cyberpunk thing when you get down to it because it was one of the earliest things to use that after like after Neuromancer and uh, sort of created the genre and Blade Runner and um, so it's like there's not a whole lot to the cyberpunk pen and paper RPG that I would say like really defines it outside of the specific names of things right um, although I do believe uh, there's a whole system in it that like um, where the more implants and cybernetic stuff you get the more humanity you lose and like that has been lifted by a bunch of stuff after like like Shadowrun uses that and um, uh, Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf used that so it was very influential it just like in terms of gameplay systems it just didn't um, you know the setting is just sort of struggled to differentiate itself from work to work basically so it's I guess it's kind of, it's kind of working to its advantage in the sense that you look at this and you just see cyber. But it's handy that when you look at this game, even if you don't know anything about it, the thing you think is the word its title is. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. oh, that looks really cyberpunk. Yes, it's cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. It's like yeah, it's it's yeah. super shorthand. It makes you feel smart and like and then like you're like yeah, maybe I'll play that. It's like wait, that's what it looks like. I just want to see what's down that hallway. Like that's the <laughs> like I don't even care what this guy wants. I want to go down the hall. <laughs> But this game, I mean, I don't know that at this point they could do anything good or bad to change people's opinions on the game. It's yeah, I mean, they could, like, just come out on stage and, like, kill a dog. That would probably change <laughs> yeah, opinions. I don't know. But, like, in terms of age, just, like, not do anything. in terms of your normal, you know, PR behavior, no, I think I think they're pretty golden on, the, on this. But as my, long as the release date holds. Yeah. And my guess is that, and they're saying that they're, t- they're working on multiplayer and it won't be ready for launch probably. Yeah. Which is okay. That's I fine. mean, this I mean, game is going to be so huge. Yeah. It's going to take you like a month and a half or two months to finish it. So yeah, I don't need I don't need multiplayer at launch. For yeah, this. and I think it's we fine. learned with Red Dead that you know if you have a game that's that big, right? People are willing to kind of give you a little buffer zone yeah. there to get the like you don't. I mean, I think the oh my god, single player games don't sell paranoia. It should be well and gone yeah. at this point between Red Dead and God of War and Spider Man and, and like yeah. yeah, I mean. It's fine. Yep. It'll be fine. And The Witcher 3. I mean, The Witcher 3 is huge. Yeah. Sold tons and tons. Absolutely. Uh, so we expect the game will have a great showing. We also expect that the demo that was shown to the press at E3 2019 will be released for everyone to watch. That's kind of the, I would think so. That's kind of the pattern that CD Projekt Red has followed with this game. Will Keanu be back? 
Doubtful. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, he, he they got their money's worth out of him already. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's never going to top the breathtaking thing, so why, yeah. why try it again? Yep. But we'll see. I mean, I don't know who else I would bring on for, I mean... I mean, I would have never guessed Keanu. So. No, but like, in terms of like bringing, I mean, I don't know, Lawrence Fishburne, yeah, like another Matrix star. Um, uh, I'm trying to think because there's not a lot of cyberpunk movies or big cyberpunk properties out there. Like, no, not that the general public is aware of. Not that any. I mean, cyberpunk as a rule does not succeed in mainstream. That's true. Like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, look at yeah. You're right. Blade Runner was a bomb. Yeah, when it which came was out. amazing. That movie is amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, the guy who you know, William Gibson, who wrote Neuromancer, which basically created cyberpunk, saw Blade Runner when he was writing Neuromancer, and he's like, "Oh my god, that's my mo- that's my book. Like you 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 made my book already." And he was like disappointed, but like he still finished it, and it turned out fine. You know, it was turned out fine. But like it that was. There's very little, you know, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049 bombed, even though it was fantastic. That's what I'm saying. It was and amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I, qual- I mean, and Ghost in the Shell was bad, but it also bombed. Like, like yeah. it, it, Cyberpunk's a big, a hard sell in the mainstream market. And, like, this could be the first big, like, you know, cyberpunk media success since The Matrix at this point. That's like, true. It, it just doesn't really happen much. And I think a lot of people wouldn't even view The Matrix as cyberpunk. Oh, it definitely is. It is, absolutely. Yeah. But I think most people never connected the dots on that. Yeah, I mean, if you're not already aware of the of the genre, I don't think you would. But, yeah. like, I mean, when he woke up in the pod, because I had no idea what The Matrix was about when I saw it. Really? Because I, I, I wasn't paying attention to it. I thought it was just another, like, action thriller with trench coats and stuff. Yeah. And I only saw it because my girlfriend at the time loved Lawrence Fishburne and wanted to go see it so we so she basically dragged me to it. I mean you don't have to drag me to any movie. I'll see anything. Yeah. Really. I'm a movie fan. Well you but are I'm, glad you got dragged oh, to yeah, that but one. But I remember standing <laughs> in line and looking at the poster and be like, God, I can't wait to see what stupid papers they're after. So I thought it was gonna be like an <laughs> espionage thing. Really? And then like I'm like, oh this is different and then he wakes up in the pod and I was like, Oh my God, they went and made a William Gibson movie and nobody told me. What the fuck <laughs> like it was it was uh it was amazing like it was, it was one amazing. of two times yeah. in my life I've been completely shocked and surprised by a movie, the other one being Predator. Because my mom took me to see that without telling me what it was. Oh wow! And I thought I thought it was just like Commando. You're a it was, cool mom. I thought it was just like you know Arnold Schwarzenegger running around in the jungle with a bunch of dudes and guns. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll totally see that. And then like a monster showed up, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my what? Like it was just you know I was like what eleven? Yeah. Like you 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 blew my tiny mind. I didn't know you could put sci-fi monsters in. A commando movie. That was not a thing I thought of. If it was up to my mom, we would go see Medea movies. <laughs> That's like the only movie she goes to see in the theater. Well, I would go Medea. see uh, Tyler Perry stuff. Oh, she yeah. loves it. Well, I would have. I would have seen our. What we did, uh, Tyler Perry's Halo at yeah. one time with uh, with Medea's Master Chief. Yeah, that was a pretty good skit. <laughs> Look that up on YouTube if it exists somewhere. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next game. Um, EA is going to be at Gamescom like it usually is. Um, mm. Joy. Uh, Probably the big debut is going to be Need for Speed Heat. The game that they swore a week and a half ago that didn't exist. Yeah. And now it and yeah. now it's yeah, of course it is. it's a known quantity. Of course it is. In fact, they're saying it's going to be unveiled tomorrow, I think. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah, so we're gonna get a look at that a little bit before Gamescom actually kicks off. I don't get I again, like Need for, I like Need for Speed. I've always been a fan of Need for Speed, even going back to the first one on the three DO. But um I do not understand why any, every other franchise EA has slips up even once, and you never see them again. And Need for Speed bombs over and over and over and over, and they always get another shot. Like, like it's 
if Ghost Games was any other developer under EA that had been taken out back already. Oh, yeah. Like, Why have they survived somehow? I mean, I guess they assume that, like, this should be the easiest thing to convert into a mainstream hit at some point. Because it's happened before. I mean, look at the Fast and Furious. It's gigantic. Yeah, like, but, like... I think the problem, though, they're is never that they've... Good. Tr- <laughs> You're right. Well, they're never good. And I think part of the problem, too, is that they have tried to replicate that franchise with yeah. this game the last couple of times. And they've just fallen flat. Like, for whatever reason, that movie franchise just has this special sauce about it. The special sauce is the characters. Yeah. Like, it, that's it. It's it's about family. It's a character-driven thing. People go to see those characters. It's like Marvel. People go to see those characters. The stories, are the stories great? No. The action's cool. We love the characters. I'm there to see, you know, I'm there to see Roman. I'm there to see uh, Letty. I'm there to see, I was there to see Brian until, yeah. unfortunately... Um, I, I'm there to see uh, the scenes where Vin Diesel tries to make himself look as big as The Rock, um, and, and they act like they're equals, even though The Rock's the <laughs> one. That, although I don't know, I said The Rock's the one that made it international hit, but uh, while Hobbs and Shaw is doing well, it's not doing as well right. as the mainstream films. Which well, to me, I mean, that's not a surprise. But. No, no. Well, I mean, it's a little bit of a surprise because people kind of thought those two were the big stars. Uh, Plus, got you got it. Idris Elba. Like, there's some real power behind that, but. It just goes to show what I already said. Like people are there for the dynamic. They're for yeah, the, yeah. it's like how people see Avengers movies more than they see the individual movies. You want to see everybody together. You want, you want to see the family. You want to see everyone. I think some people are there to and see the women as well. Partly, but like the other problem. Well, they're making a movie that's just the the women too. Oh, they are. That's their next spinoff. Oh, okay. Because Michelle Rodriguez is like, yo, come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and like. Uh, I think that's part of the problem that Need for Speed has is like they a they can't, I mean they can't get decent characters in these games to save their lives anyway. But if you want to make it a Need for Speed thing, you have to not only come up with some good characters, you have to stick with them for multiple games. Yeah. Like you have to make it a thing we want to come back to and see these characters again and be so, part of that crew. And that's a good point. Every single time they try to put characters in these games, they just turn out to be like generic bros. And oh, they're weird, terrible. And like they do like the weird FMV stuff they, they did in that one. Was it was it like two two ago or was it? I think it was three ago. Now I actually bought uh, this this week. There was a like a three pack of the last three, like Need for Speed, Need for Speed Payback, and Need for Speed Rivals on Xbox Live for nineteen dollars. You for bought all, it? I bought it for all three. All three. I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't have those. I'll do that. And like, I played some of it, and I'm like. Why did you, I do this? You can bear. I mean, I like <laughs> Rivals. I think Rivals is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Rivals is, is just sort of an open world hot pursuit thing, and it works. Uh, Payback is garbage. Yeah. Like it's just that's terrible. The one has all the that's CG. the one with this, like, all the FMV stuff, yeah. and it's just like, oh my! It looks like 2000. It looks like a PS2 game. It does in terms yeah. of how they integrate the FMV. The quality of the CG also is not great. No, none of it works. Yeah. And like, and then the uh, the um, Need for Speed no ad, no no subtitle is. Uh, you instantly feel the microtransactions, like you. you it's just the, and they the, haven't changed it. No, Despite the progress gain is still there. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. It's yeah. crazy. So, let's, so in the end, I really paid 19 bucks for Rivals. Yeah, and so I guess what we're saying is, for the next need for speed to succeed, it needs to establish a cast of characters we care about. I think so. It needs to stick with them. It needs to be smarter about how it handles microtransactions, mm-hmm. and I would argue it needs to be open world. Yeah, I'd agree with all that. So. There's your recipe, EA. Now go now see get what cooking. This is. I mean, <laughs> it's heat, too late now. I mean, heat impl- implies to me that it's a pot pursuit kind of thing. Yeah, which is good. Um, which I'm is okay good. With that's, that, you, yeah. that's the most successful things they've had. I do wish. I wish to also wish my other thing on my wish list for the series would be to go back to the weird shit, um, like in Need for the original Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, the original Need for Speed Three on the PS One and PC. Bunch of the tracks were just weird, pl- like Atlantica. And like weird, almost like non-existent, fantastical places. Yeah. Like, 
it doesn't have to be like grim and gritty down in the street. You know, you're not making yeah, under, you're not making underground again for some reason. Yeah, why don't because you? I, but. Underground three would be the thing that would bring the the boys to the yard. Yeah, I would as think. they say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, if you're going to continue to sort of make sort of these standalone one off things, at least make it interesting. Like, just another set of generic streets isn't going to make me. Yep. Set of hell after cyberpunk, they'll probably make a cyberpunk one. I'd be down. I'd with be that. down with it. Yeah, I'd be all right. <laughs> that sounds cool, actually. Need for Speed, Need for Speed twenty seventy seven. Yeah, it would be funny if like there's this cottage industry that springs up around Cyberpunk because of that game. And they all bomb, and they can all <laughs> use the twenty seventy seven because they can't, can't actually trademark that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just like 2076, 2077, 78. Right, right. They're like this happened just before yeah. Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is what started it all. Yeah. <laughs> A, street, A street, street race. race. <laughs> Oh, okay, so there you go. That's Need for Speed Heat. Which will uh, inevitably be way more boring than everything we've just Yeah, I think about. actually just watching us talk about it will be more fun than actually playing the game or watching the trailer when it comes out tomorrow. Uh, ne- next up, uh, Plants vs. Oh, I, here's a, that's a good question. Do you think Need for Speed Heat will be on the Switch? Yes, I do, actually. I don't think it will. Really? Because EA's been talking so much about how it doesn't. they don't want to No, that's it. a good point. Just lately, too, in the last like week and yeah. a half. EA's been... Planting the seeds of of basically deserting the switch. Yeah, that's what's been going on. The rhetoric is definitely pointing that direction. It's like we're starting to butter people up for what's coming. So I'm super curious because like this game feels like it would. I mean, I don't. I'm not one of those perfect for Switch people, but it's like clearly this thing could scale. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, I'm sure it can scale. It makes sense as a Switch game because there's still like there's no reason not to. There really isn't. And there's a huge hole in the Switch's library for yeah, games. Yeah, there's not like a that. lot of racing. Like, the racing games like that actually have real cars for the Switch, a lot of them are just mobile games that yeah. are being ported over to Switch. So, I believe if they did put Need for Speed Heat out on Switch, it might yeah, sell... Yeah, I think it would sell pretty well. It might well. be the best-selling version of the game. Possible. I really think that might be possible. Yeah, because so, there's just nothing else. Yeah, but I agree with you. You're right, man. Like, all the signals that EA's sending out right now is, hey, look, we're about to bail on Switch. Yeah. So, we'll see. Hopefully, we're wrong, but... You, you, I think if there was one franchise, I mean, it's not like they've been sense. robustly supporting it to this no, point. No, I mean, it's been an it's emic been, already. It's been FIFA, like you know, half ass, half assed FIFA is not like the support that you're getting from, say, Ubisoft. Yep, for sure. Okay, next up, uh, Plants vs Zombies: Gar- Garden Warfare Three. I think we thought this was going to be unveiled a couple times, and mm-hmm. it hasn't been. I think this is definitely the moment for this game to be shown. That's kind of how Gamescom works for a lot of third-party publishers. They have their gigantic stuff for E3, and then they're like, hey, what's this? what stuff did we cut that just barely missed the cut for E3? Mm-hmm. And then they'll debut that at Gamescom. At least that's been the pattern over the last 10 years or so for most of the big third-party guys. So is this the only thing we've seen of it, this, like, Fortnite Oh, this is this is, is from this Garden Warfare Two. Yeah, this isn't even from Three. They haven't shown anything yet from Three. Oh, so it's just like we know it's we know it exists, but we're waiting for them to well, talk this, about it. No, I mean we know it exists, right? And the studio has been hinting that hey, we're finally going to unveil our new game soon. So all signs are kind of pointing to it being mm. at Gamescom. Um, and it's not like EA has a vast library of of IP right now. Not anymore, no. On. It's hard to believe. I mean, it owns more IP probably than any publisher in the industry. It just doesn't do anything with it. Instead, yep. we get a third-person shooter based on Plants vs. Zombies. Right. Although, I guess you could argue that uh, Nintendo's creeping up on them with their lack of uh, you know legacy library support on the Switch. That's true. Yeah. You know, in the days of the virtual console, I wouldn't have said that, but now it's just like... EA and Nintendo are competing to see how much stuff they can keep in the vault. It is kind of weird. 
Although it's like, what's it, the plan? Well, at least Nintendo put out the Super Nintendo Classic and the NES Classic. Right. And stuff. EA doesn't even have that. They threw, they threw us a couple bones, yeah, basically. Yeah, but EA's got a whole bunch of classic stuff just, like, sitting. I mean, I know why Nintendo does it. It's because it makes money off of that old catalog. And it's right. just trying to squeeze as many extra pennies out of it as, as it can. Well, if you want to squeeze pennies out of me, you should start putting Super Nintendo games on the Switch. Yep. Um, which I guess there's a patent I saw that went up like for a Super Nintendo controller, controller. For the Switch. Yeah. So maybe that's a good sign. But EA, meanwhile, is like, dude, make a new Starflight, you jerks. Like, what, I mean, like, they have so many. They, I mean, they, they've been sitting on Wing Commander forever. Yeah. You know? Instead, like I said, we're getting a third-person shooter based on Plants vs. Zombies. Yep. It's crazy. I mean, the truth a is... A third third-person shooter. Yeah, yeah. The truth is the first one sold really well. Yeah. The second one didn't sell quite as well. And my guess is the third one will fall right. even we're, a little bit further. And we'll see if this becomes the next need for speed. Right. Where they just keep trying over and over and They won't and over. give up. Yep, it could be. Uh, next up, I'm going to switch gears to Ubisoft. Rainbow Six quarantine mm-hmm. remember this from e3 yeah it's a game they blew out on stage but didn't show really they gave us this trailer that we're seeing right now but yeah, unlike all zombie the, yeah thing. it's a, zo- a cooperative zombie shooter and it's a rainbow six game tom clancy rolling in his grave yeah <laughs> i mean do you think that this maybe tom clancy's like the final boss yeah like do you, do you think this, back to reclaim his trademark do you think this helps or hurts the tom clancy brand i don't think it matters really no like, Tom Clancy's a wide brand, and, like, it's not like anyone's going to see this and be like, what? I'm not buying, you know, I forgot the name of the new game. The Wildlands sequel. Breakpoint. Uh, oh, Breakpoint, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not buying Breakpoint because they're making a zombie game. That's, that's not going to happen. But what about Rainbow Six, though? Um, eh. I mean, we're kind of seeing this with, Wolf- I mean, Wolfenstein kind of did this. It had its serious single-player campaign, and then it had kind of a cooperative spinoff. In- I don't know. I, I killed enough, like, steam mecha zombie dogs in Wolfenstein single player to not consider it super straight. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Wolfenstein's always been a little wacky. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, Rainbow Six obviously started as almost a strategy game. But yeah. It's become more and more arcadey over the over the years. There are people that said that, like, Rainbow Six Vegas ruined the series because it, it was too shootery, you know? Right, but this is going way well, out of bounds. It's just a spinoff. Yeah. It'll be fine. I just wonder how hard it is once you establish a personality for a brand like that, how hard it is then later if you want to re-engage fans or customers on the original concept if it proves to be a challenge. Well, I don't think Siege is really uh, struggling right now. No, it's doing great. doing great. Like, this is like, more like three or four years running I now. think it's more like trying to capitalize on the success, success of Siege to get them to play, people to play something else. And but I mean, Siege is on brand. I mean, it's yeah. a hardcore tactical oh, yeah. shooter. But I don't see any reason you can't play around with it a little bit. It just seems strange to me. I'd never, like, if you'd show me that game, I never, ever would guess that that's a Rainbow Six game. No, but, like, at the same time, if you just called it Quarantine, a lot fewer people would pay attention to it. Yeah. Like, you're using the brand to, you say, hey, you like shooting things? There's zombies in this one, but it's, you're still going to, I mean, that's the thing to me is, like, when you say it's Rainbow Six Quarantine, and I'm like, oh, it's a zombie game with Rainbow Six, I don't think, oh, you're being weird with the Rainbow Six brand. I think, oh, I bet the shooting in that will be as good as Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. You know, I, I th- to me, that seems like a, a mark of quality. And, like, I don't have to worry about being, like, some kind of weird one-off shooter they slap together because if they're using the Rainbow Six name on it, they're going to need it to be a certain level. A lot of it will depend, too, on how it plays. I mean, yeah. look, if it has breaching and all that kind of stuff and all the cool gadgets that's yeah. in Siege, then it's not that hard to kind of roll it back, but... I mean, some of that, I guess, wouldn't... I mean, I'd love to see someone try to use a flash grenade on a zombie. It's yeah. just like... <laughs> Their eyes don't work, bro. <laughs> So anyway, my guess is because all of Ubisoft's other catalog was blown out with gameplay and demos at E3, mm. 
My guess is it's Rainbow Six Siege or Ra- Rainbow si- Rainbow Six Siege. It's Quarantine's turn to get like an on-stage gameplay demo or just have. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I would guess like the booth will be a lot of uh, Breakpoint, and like this will probably be their look at the new thing. This is Ubisoft's home turf as well. Yeah. And so I would guess that Ubisoft would want to debut something for Europe mm-hmm. um, instead of just showing... Unless we get lucky and we see some Beyond Good and Evil 2. That would be sweet. Which is supposed to have had its beta late this year. Right. But yeah, That l- might be one of those A lot of conflicting that- reports as to how well that's doing behind the yeah. scenes. So. Oh, really? I, I mean, people are talking about like how long, how far along it is, whether it's going to happen even at all. Like, oh, jeez. I mean, some of that might just be like expectations set up by the fact that this game has been, you know, probably through three or four different iterations and in limbo for like the last decade. But yeah. like, uh, I tried to play the first one on PC the other day because I have it on Steam and like none of it works properly. Like, it doesn't even have controller support. Like, oh, it's, it's it so old. You have to play with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, and like you can fix it with like Joy to Key. You can set up a, a controller thing. But I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go play it on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> But on Xbox, you can't flip the Y-axis without flipping the X-axis, too. Oh, right. Which that's is true. like, that's weird. That is weird. Like, yeah. 2004, man. <laughs> a different time. Uh, next up, we're going to shift gears to another publisher, Marvel's Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this game got beat up pretty bad at E3. Yeah. The gameplay leaked. With and then cell everyone phone was like, camera. oh, that's fine. Yeah, now all of a sudden the Which opinions Which was kind of what we pretty much said. It is, yeah. We it's tried like, to tell people, don't get too down on it. It's not yeah, that it's bad. It's, it's just not very inspiring. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, you know, I thought, I just felt it was sort of, all right, that's fine. Like, But you want more than fine from Avengers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You want more than, I mean, especially in the wake of Endgame, you're like, I just came off this crazy, you know, popcorn blockbuster high on this thing after 11 years of buildup, and then you show me this. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. All right. I mean, sure. And but you have seen some stuff where like things have leaked of like skins and so there's a skin that that's, that I think I, I mean they didn't leak so much as someone took a picture of them at Comic Con at the panel and they weren't supposed to or whatever. But everybody does that. But like it was a skin of like Captain America that you could clearly tell because of the outfit and the skin color. It was it's Sam Wilson. It's it's Falcon as Captain. So I think you're going to be able to like fully reskin all these characters into something you like. Whether if you don't like the character designs on this, I think I think that's part. I think that's part of the the trick is like they're going to sell you all kinds of skins. Also, remember it's Square Enix publishing that, and if there's one thing Japanese companies love, it's selling you like endless numbers of skins. No, that's true. To customize <laughs> your characters in yeah. every every game now. Make a lot of money. So from and Marvel, you know, Marvel did that in Marvel uh, Heroes, you know, which shut down the, the gazillion game, which was great. Um, and part of me thinks that they're taking one of the reasons you shut that down is because you're going to use that same business model on this. Probably so. Um, I'm surprised that we haven't already had the demo from E3 publicly released. I figured once the cell phone mm-hmm. video came out, which they also did not zap, by the way. No, they didn't go out. I think because once they saw people were kind of like changing their minds. Yeah, on I mean, the game. I don't know. If positive <laughs> is the, the action, the word for it, but everyone's like, no, it looks all right. It, it was, was just like, not negative. No, it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh my god, everybody, because at E three, it it sounded like it was you know a complete disaster. Well, I mean, I talked to one of the people working on the game at E three, and they were bummed. Yeah, they weren't ready for that. They yeah. didn't think they were. I mean, I also think that I mean, judging by the the level of you know presentation and the stuff in that booth and kind of the, the the pomp and circumstance around the presentation they had there i mean there was there were dedicated people like with with headphone mics like 
introducing it with like the, the clearly written by PR speech, and yeah. like you got like a folder with dossiers and like a special bag. I mean, they, well, I mean, the booth was like a secret yeah, base. It was, it was all like a shield. It was a cor- like a corner of the helicarrier kind yeah. of thing. And like they clearly thought it was going to be kind of the talk of the show. But like on on Thursday, you were walk- you'd walk by that booth and people would be like, "You want to come in?" Yeah, there's <laughs> just, nobody there. No there. One there. If the signage wasn't great either to let you know that that's the game that well, was there. Yeah, well, also because because of that and because of the, there was a similar design to the Final Fantasy VII section. The, a lot of Square's booth was just sort of nondescript metal. Yeah. And it was a little hard to tell what was what. Yep. Um, it just There yep. wasn't a lot popping at Square's booth visually. No, you're right. It was hard to tell, like, where the games were that you actually wanted to check out. Yeah. But I think you're seeing, you know, you definitely saw with the leak an unexpected sort of, you know, not necessarily a turnaround of public opinion, but a softening. And uh, I'm wondering if, if for Gamescom they will show... Uh, different gameplay footage. If I were in their shoes, I would now want to show gameplay footage from a section where the Avengers are fighting as a team. Yeah. I would want to show more of the co-op, more of the teamwork, more of Because we saw the demo. Yeah. And, I mean, the press saw the demo, and the press ultimately is the one who kind of disseminated that information out to the public, which is why the opinion kind of turned sour. And so like, if you show that same demo, I honestly I, think they will. They might, but, like, I feel like you... I feel like that demo. Maybe you release that demo as a video, right? But if I was gonna, if I was calling the shot, and if I had the, you know, the bandwidth to do another, I mean, who knows what kind of time they have to do that? You know, making an E3 demo is not just an overnight thing. Um, but I would definitely want to show something that explains why this is an Avengers game. Because one of the weirdest things about showing that the, what they did, which is, I mean, it's clearly the the, the campaign tutorial. It's clearly like the, the where they introduce you to all the characters one by one, and you learn how everyone plays. So you don't want a lot of co-op crossover here. But the problem with that demo uh, to, like, oh, I think a lot of Avengers fans was, like, they don't fight as a team. Yep. And I think if you're going to, sh- if you want to show how... You know that give and take works in a, in a section of the game that's kind of where everything's sort of more established and everything's kind of function. Oh, you know, all the features are in play. Uh, I think that would be a, go a long way towards sort of shifting opinion further of saying like, oh, that's what this is. No, know, I agree. So I mean, it would be. Smarter. I just don't know if they have the bandwidth to do yeah. something. Like I, I that. just think what probably what the public is going to see is the demo that we saw at E3. Mm-hmm. I think they'll just release the whole demo in direct feed 4K, and I think that would be a good thing to do first when Gamescom starts. And then at the end of Gamescom, and do that the more you know co-op focused demo on the floor, and then at the end of Gamescom release that. Gotcha. Okay. That would be what I'd do. Well, they'll probably but put out a new trailer like, too. If I had like infinite manpower and budget and time, because I because I have to imagine that is not what was in their plan. Like oh I, for sure not. I mean I'm sure they intended to ride that. E3 demo until launch. Basically. Probably, yeah, but that's not how it worked out. Like maybe a couple more trailers. Obviously, maybe like they'll definitely maybe put out a, a Gamescom trailer. Gamescom trailer, maybe a, a Game Awards uh, at the end of the year or something yeah. at the end of the year. But like, I feel like they were thinking that that. It, I think they thought it was going to be a thing where like you know we saw like that demo and then may, they maybe released that demo at, at you know Gamescom time and like that would just be everyone would just be in a frenzy to play this thing and that's all they needed to do and it all went sideways yeah so i think you know but at the same time i think it's a good sign that people saw the leaked footage and were like no nah, that's fine yeah that's okay yeah for the sake of the person i spoke to i'm i was glad to see that because he was bummed yeah there's you, an interesting kind you of work on something for like two or three years and you finally show it to people and they're like eh, like the tough. phenomenon of what happened there is interesting to me because like um because I saw the game on Thursday, I saw the game on the last day of, of E3, and mm-hmm. I was, and I came out of that just like sort of like 
And I saw it with like the crew I was with. You know, the crew I was with uh, on the floor the whole week for uh, IGN. We were, um, you know, we we went by the the, the square stuff uh, a lot. And like finally, like the producer and we were like, let's go make an appointment for a Aven- Like we want to see Avengers. Yeah. Like, we also, so we went and saw. We made that appointment. We went in after we were done on Thursday. We went in and, and saw it at our appointment. And we all came out. And this was like me and like a like. The host was like a you know like a gamer like YouTuber guy in his twenties, and the producer was a guy a, a producer in his twenties who didn't really play a lot of games, and we all agreed we're like we don't know why everyone hates that so much. Yeah, like it wasn't inspiring, but like I've seen way worse things. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah. Um, and I was like every, you know that we had I felt like we had a really good spectrum of like old guy with a lot of experience, younger guy with a lot of experience, younger guy without a lot of experience, and we all had the same opinion pretty much. And I was like, so I was very curious of like how did this get so negative? In because part, our society is all or nothing anymore. Sort of, but I'm also wondering what drove that kind of opinion of the story because like I'm and my uneducated uh, insight on it would be. Um, people, I think people did react negatively to the character designs, like in, initially, because like, you're like, uh, wait, what's that? Like, because I think we were all sort of thinking they were going to look like the movie. Yeah, and I'm fine with them not looking like the movie. I'm used to video games not looking like their movie, you know, movie versions. I mean, they all look like they look like that in Black Black Order. Although, as you said at the time, like they're it's a more cartoony art style, so it's easier to accept. These, yep. these look like real people, except they don't look like real people because I don't think <laughs> I, I think they're too symmetrical and they're they're not flawed and the faces aren't flawed enough. If yeah, you, if you added more, like that's the uncanny valley stuff. Yeah, like, that's like, the type like of stuff her, you have to her do to face and it. Thor's face are just too smooth and symmetrical. Like yeah. they, need, they they need a little little they need a little character, um, but. Uh, I'm one. I always. I wonder if like that kind of reaction. Plus, like, I mean, I think the press had the same reaction because we're all fans too. Yep. And the public was clearly tweeting like negative reactions. And I wonder if that really led to people going and seeing the demo, like, like kind of doubling down on their already existing negative impression and writing up these things about how oh, this is this most uninspired, terrible thing. And then if you go in and just sort of like don't have that sort of zeitgeist pressing down on you a couple days later, you're like, oh, I was. Yeah, what's everyone talking about? Or in the case of the mainstream public, you know, a case of people on Twitter when the leak happened. I mean, that was like a a month and a half later. It's like, yeah, kind of like all that sort of dissipated and you're sort of like looking at it with slightly fresh eyes and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just a video game. It's It's an Avengers video game. And it should maybe be more than that, but it's also not the end of the world. That's, I think that's a big part of the problem too is expectations. Yeah. It's, I mean, Avengers is the biggest film in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think people expect the the game and other things based around that IP to kind of hold up to that standard. And that's impossible. I mean, it just is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot to live up to, but it's also like expectations got to be realistic. Yep. And uh, we don't know what the rest of it holds. People never have realistic no. expectations anymore. Everyone thinks that they're going to the moon. They're, they're shooting for the moon and they're going to get there, but that's not how life works. Uh, next up, a game that has been MIA for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Dead Island 2. So this game has also kind of been restarted a couple times. Yep. By the way, this trailer that we're watching right now is from E3 2014. Yep. Five years old. I did work on a project in 2014 involving this. You did? Game. Can you talk about it? No. But all I'll say is like... Um, what we're gonna get is not going to be very different. I bet it's, this game's gone through a lot of weird permutations. There's some gameplay. So all, out all there. I can say, so all I can say is, it was real. Yeah, it yeah. was a real thing. Oh, there's gameplay from this version, from yeah. the 2014 version on YouTube. It leaked out, and I'm surprised that it hasn't been taken down. But I found it. Is, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you if you look on YouTube, there's some early beta footage of this mm. game out there, and it just looked like it actually. 
it just looked like a typical like zombie shooter, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, where it, yeah, like just Dead Island again. Yeah, except you're not on an island. Yeah. Well, this trailer is like it's, it's in Santa Monica. Ven- it's yeah. in Venice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like wait a minute, California's not an island yet. Well, I mean, technically, all <laughs> it was a couple more earthquakes. Technically, all the continents are islands. I right. Guess. Yeah. I guess you're right. <laughs> Touche. I'm like, wait, you gonna end up on Catalina? <laughs> But, so, again, this game has been missing for, like, five years now. Uh, Deep Silver, the game's publisher, basically took Jaeger off of the project mm-hmm. a few years ago and handed it to Sumo Digital, I believe. Yeah. And now Sumo's been working on it for a couple years, and now over the last couple weeks... I want this dude's headphones, because they must be real Really loud, yeah. <laughs> Talk about noise canceling. Um, so... There's a new developer who's been working on it for a couple years now. THQ Nordic, which is the parent company of Deep Silver, so basically THQ Nordic is, mm-hmm. also, is publishing it, uh, said that it has a major reveal for Gamescom coming up. So all signs are basically pointing to Dead Rising 2, rising from the grave, uh, and we're, us getting a look at it. Honestly, it, for most people who haven't found that stuff on YouTube, it'll be the first time seeing the game in action yeah. at all. Well, whatever we see will not even probably be related to what was on YouTube. Yeah, so it's, probably I mean, not. They started completely over, as far as I know. What do you uh, think that they, they should do? Because, look, a lot of time has passed since the first Dead Island, and I would argue that the first one wasn't great, but for whatever reason, man, it really yeah. resonated. It sold like I liked crazy. It. I finished I mean, I finished it. It was really janky. It was, but like you could get around it. Like I play, I finished it. I, I think I got a thousand out of a thousand achievements on. Like, like my 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 online crew and I played that to basically played it in the ground. You finished it. Finished literally it finished it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did not play uh, Riptide or any of the subsequent expansions things, or anything. Like or like Escape from Dead Island or whatever that was. They made like a. They made like a. Uh, it was almost like an adventure game. Yeah, you know, I remember that. Like, I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't play any of those, but uh, I also I remember when this game came out and I played it. I thought it was like janky and like borderline broken. It was. I didn't have to review it for game trailers. Somebody else was handling it, but I played it to talk about on on invisible walls. Mm. And my impression was that it was crazy janky, borderline broken, and that that the debut trailer for that game just sold people like right out of it the. It didn't game. hurt. No. Remember that trailer? How yeah. amazing it was. Yeah. Well, the. God, I remember for the for that one project, we needed footage of, like, the end of the game, and I remember I had to play through the first game in a day. Oh, God. Like, I had to burn through it in a day. Oh, oh man. It was, it was, so I basically speed ran Dead Island. <laughs> and That's uh, not the type of game you want to have to speed run. It either. wasn't easy, but yeah. I'd already done it before. You know, I played, played, played it before, it. so I'm like, I kind of knew what I was doing and how to get around stuff. If I, if I hadn't spent already, like, 80 hours playing that game, I probably wouldn't have been able to pull it You'd off. You'd have lost but, it that day. But, like, yeah. But, like, uh, no, I got it done. But it was just, like, that was not a thing I ever expected to have to do. But uh, I still liked it, even that second oh, really? time. I still, I mean, it's not, it, I don't think it stands out well. I mean, that's the thing is, like, I don't think Dead Island stands out enough that, like, all this furor and work and effort to, like, is gonna be worth keep it. Dead Island 2 alive matters that much. They also, keep like, looking at those sales numbers, though. Because, God, when did Dead Island 1 come out? Like, 2011? 20, I think it was 2012. 2012? Like, it's just so long ago. Like, like if you were, like, a big fan of that when you were, like, 16, you're, like, 24 yeah. now or something. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's just, I mean, it's, it's not like Kingdom Hearts where you can kind of, you know, no matter how long it takes, you can kind of go back to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is going to be worth it for everyone who, who threw all this time and money at it, but... 
Um, they just look at those sales numbers from the first one. I and they're guess. like, you know what? Even if we get half but of that. But it's a long time since a zombie game could sell that. Yeah. I know? mean, Resident Evil 2 did pretty well. The Resident remake. Evil 2 is Resident Evil 2. It though, is, yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Also, Resident Evil 2 is like one of the best games of the year still. I know. So, like, that's really sad. It's like. <laughs> I loved it, but that's sad. Yeah, I mean. That's where we're at. I also remember the other game that I loved because I was looking through like like releases of games and I'm like oh yeah that was one of my favorite games of this year and I forgot to mention it on the show and now I forgot it again <laughs> it was like an early then it must not have been that great it was that's what it was I like, always said because I, I thought, thought saw it I'm like oh I shouldn't have oh Sekiro was oh, oh, yeah. I was like I was like because I've been there. saying Plague Tale but I'm like you know I, I forgot Sekiro came out this year I keep thinking of it as like late last year nope um, that was 2019 so there's been some good stuff. There but, has uh, been, but I mean, of this generation, to me, this has been the worst year of this generation. Oh no, 2014 was the worst. worst really? Year. Yeah, 2014. Any year where Dragon Age Inquisition is a reasonable pick for game of the year, <laughs> that was a down year. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, this is not, this is probably number two so far, unless you're un- outside of Nintendo. Um, That's I, been a great year for Switch, but uh, I, yeah, I don't. The 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 Xbox and, and PS4 have had a. Pretty pretty quiet time. Really quiet. Yeah, the, even the third party stuff has started to take Yeah, it's not. Off. And like, I'm kind of like, what do I want? I don't have Assassin's Creed to look forward to. I don't have Watch Dogs to look forward to. Like, this fall is going to be weird. It this is going to be weird. It's just going to be me and the Pokemon, I guess. <laughs> well, the good news is that'll take you a good month to probably finish. <laughs> uh, next up, another zombie game. Um, this one hasn't taken quite as long to be released. It's also a sequel, though Dying Light 2. Yeah, I'm interested in that. This game really impressed me at E3. I think it was a huge mistake for them to not release the demo that I saw at E3 to the public. This, by the way, by the people who actually made Dead Island. Right, yeah. The Techland. Yep. And uh, And written by Chris Avalone. Yeah. You know, was the 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 man behind the story is in uh, Obsidian Entertainment, New Vegas and Fallout and Planescape Torment and some of the best written things in the history of the medium. So uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to be excited about with this game. Based upon the demo that I saw at E3, this may be the most improved sequel of this generation. Hmm. Now I played the first one. I played the first one a lot, and I don't even really know why. I think a like, lot of people feel that way. Like I, I think I played that the first Dying Light like a hundred hours. Yeah, I, I still didn't finish it. That game is gigantic. Oh, it's, like, it also sold extremely well. Yeah. And they supported it forever. Yep. I mean, like, they're still putting out yeah. DLC for it. Still. But, like, yeah, I mean, I can't really... It was one of those games where I'm like, I don't know if I'd recommend this to anyone, but I sure like playing it a lot. The reason I think the sequel is going to be vastly improved is because the biggest weakness in the first game to me was a lack of narrative. Yeah. There just wasn't enough story to kind of keep you motivated and keep you going. The gameplay loop was satisfying. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And I think But every time, like, the gener- your generic main character would start talking... You know, shut up. Just being, oh, come on. I really don't want to hear from you again. Well, that's what they focused on for this. And not yeah. only does it have a great narrative, it has a crazy branching narrative. I mean, right. I don't know that I've seen a typical action adventure or action RPG with this much, much flexibility in how you experienced its pros. Um, they have gone on record saying that your first time through, you're only going to see 30% of the plot. So that tells you that... You know, it really branches off and kind of takes hmm. you in new directions, and it doesn't do the cheap circle back. Right. Because that's what a lot of games do. They'll have a branching path to... And you still get to see everything. Yeah, and the, but they end up bringing you back to that yeah. main storyline, and then it's like, it doesn't really matter if you play it again. This game mm-hmm. is going to be different. So Jay, Jay Reed Vic makes a good point. This is one of the few games to have a sequel in this generation. 
That's true. It's like this and Shadow of Mordor and Destiny. Yeah, there hasn't much there it. haven't been new IP released early in the generation that got a sequel yeah. before this generation ended. Though, I would argue that probably any game that's released for the PlayStation Five, you're still going to be able to play on the PS4. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's true. I mean, they didn't just churn out sequels this generation like they have in the past. Yeah, they they did try to make some new stuff. And maybe there. part of it is that they just didn't introduce a lot of new IP either. Yeah, part <laughs> of it. Sony did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll get another Gears. We'll get two Gears in one generation. Two Gears in one gen, yeah. Uh, Forza, obviously. Yeah. But Well, Forza Horizon. Horizon, yeah. Not, not Motorsport. Forza. Motorsport started with seven, right? Well, it was, I thought it, six was, was six on or Xbox seven. One. Yeah, it launched with one, and then another one came out. Yeah. So, yeah and now they have, they've held off. Yeah. I guess eight's going to probably going to be a launch title for It'll be cross, Scarlet. cross-gen, but yeah, yeah, it'll be blown out on Scarlet. Um, so yeah, it hasn't really been a lot of ins. I mean, there's been sequels to games that were on the last. I mean, Doom Eternal is another one. Yep. Wolfenstein. Yep. Two games, but that's um, managed to do that. But again, not reinventions of the wheel exactly. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, Watch Dogs will be. Yeah, it'll make it'll make it in time. Watch Dogs had two sequels. Yep. God, that's that's two. That's a, pretty crazy. A trilogy to think in this generation is unusual. Assassin's Creed got multiple games as yeah. ten. Um, so some did, but yeah. Well, Ubi can Ubi can crank that shit. Yeah. Out. Well, when you have like five thousand people working on each game, I mean, right. you, Ubisoft has really kind of rev- revolutionized game development. Yeah, they've really got got kind of the they're sort of the Henry Ford of yeah. Uh, That's of a good way to put it, though. That's a good way to put it. You have five thousand people, and each one of them is just doing one little thing. Yeah, and it helps you build your games more quickly. I have a feeling other third-party publishers of equivalent size to Ubisoft are going to look at its model mm-hmm. and maybe make some tweaks. EA yeah. would do very well to follow Ubisoft. Yeah, model. but then there's also kind of the the feeling of like um, sort of the more ha- hands-on, like individual creativity. Like the um, um, uh, I'm over the weekend. I met a guy who's an animator at Insomniac, and he worked on Spider-Man. And he did. He's this, good at his job. He did the scene. <laughs> he did the scene where he, where Spider Man meets Doc Ock for the first time, and he animated that whole thing by hand. Whoa. No mocap, no reference. He just did it himself. Whoa! So go back and watch the scene Whoa. where, where Spider Man first, that he, first runs into Doc well. Ock. That was all done by one guy, f- basically freehand. People like, who work in, in, in games the, are so. He, it's, freaking skilled like next level talent it's really like like when i'm talking games with someone in a bar i don't like get like i don't run out of words very right. often but i was like i don't know what to say to that yeah that's, that's <laughs> crazy that's, it's amazing it must have been a really crappy month for you <laughs> oh no he well, loved it that. He loved, oh he loved he, it he's one of the he's a huge huge spider-man fan oh, okay. so it's basically his dream oh, like every day was like waking up and going oh yeah he was he was like animating doc ock and spider-man and like he's like I get paid for that. I guess yeah. Wow, it was, yeah. He, he was he's, he loves his job. He yeah. loves what he does, but he's also amazing at his job. But like get, giving someone a scene like that to really focus on and really like make their own like that, I feel like it's not a thing that necessarily happens in the assembly line. That's true. Development process. So it's kind yeah. of a it's it's a, it's Give a trade off. It's a trade off for sure. Uh, but I think what Insomniac ends up with is you know proof of the the, the quality of of doing it that way. But not everyone can afford to do it that way. Not everyone's got Sony. Sony money coming down the pipeline until it's done. Yeah, yeah. Last Guardian. <laughs> uh, next up, a brand new game, a brand new, as Sega said, and I hate I hate this term, but Sega used it, a brand new AAA game mm-hmm. coming from Sega is going to be announced at Gamescom. This has lined up perfectly with the studio who created Alien Isolation announcing that it has a big announcement coming mm-hmm. up. 
So all signs are pointing to, finally, that team showing off its first-person horror shooter that it's been working on for quite a while at Gamescom 2019. Uh, how do you feel about the that concept of a game coming from that team? Uh fine i mean alien isolation was great yeah i mean it's i I just looked it's metacritic average was like 7.3 or something it's one of those games that over time has increased in stature like i can understand if you need to review that on a deadline it might get annoying because it's so slow yeah it's methodical it's you know there's not much fighting it's more like hiding from this thing it's a stealth game basically and sneak sneak them ups are hard to review on a deadline because you have to be patient to play them well and being patient is hard when you know that you got to get this done by Friday. Um, but if you don't have that kind of pressure and you're just playing this game as a fan of Alien, um, it's phenomenal. It and, like, is, The yeah. AI stuff they did with the, with the Alien is great. Like, you know, they have, they have two AIs running on the Alien where, like, there's the AI that's hunting you and there's the AI that always knows where you are, but the two AIs never communicate. Oh. So, it, so the hunting AI doesn't know where you are but it hunts intelligently to find you. But then the AI that knows where you are can kind of tweak how the alien behaves to make it scarier. Oh, like, interesting. Or to make it easier or to, you know, to, to make it be a close call. Like if the, if the hunting AI happens to find where you're hiding, but the AI that knows where you are knows that the hunting AI has no reason to suspect you're there, it'll do like, a, you know, it'll kind of come close, but it won't necessarily jump in. Interesting. And like, so it just makes it, it you know. That's music to my ears. It's re- it makes it like have this crazy tension of like, you know, it's it's not cheating, but it's sort of cheating to make it better. It's sort of cheating to make it like more exciting for you, but not to ruin the game. For I honestly you. don't care if they cheat. All I care about mm-hmm. is the end product. And yeah. if the AI b- behaves realistically, then I mean that's the that's the star of that game is, is how the, the xenomorph behaves. And I am hoping that that technology is brought over to the horror shooter because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, horror and first person shooters, two things I love a lot. There aren't enough games that combine the two together. Yeah. And there I think, just aren't. I don't I mean, know why. And multiple times playing Alien, I was thinking like, you know, if, if I actually had a uh, a gun here, or like some kind of like you know offensive ability beyond like the basic stuff they give you, sort of, which are m- really more like the, you can't kill the alien. It's more like a you know you can delay it. Yeah. Um, I, w- I you know a lot of times I thought like you know if this was is kind of an Aliens game and it was you were still sh- you would still work. It would still work because you'd have these things coming out of the walls and you wouldn't necessarily know where things were going to happen from. And, like, it would still be good. So, I don't know. Maybe they're making an Aliens game. I don't know. Um, they could be. They could make anything, really. I mean, straight up horror. But, like, it's Sega, so, like, you kind of assume there's going to be some IP involved somewhere because Sega does tend to leverage does, nostalgia yeah. in some way. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think I think that team's great, so I, I'm excited to see what they do next. I'm actually com- completely puzzled why there aren't more horror shooters, to be honest with you. I don't get it. Um... Both are popular. Obviously, anything zombie-related or Mm -hmm. horror-related tends to do pretty well in games. First-person shooters arguably are the biggest genre in the industry, except for maybe action RPGs at this point. The only games that tend to combine the two are, like, cooperative shooters. There aren't a lot of great campaigns that are horror shooters. Doom, I guess you could count it, but Doom is kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek, like... I don't know if I'd really call it like mm. a horror shooter. I mean, I guess Fear would be the closest thing. And that's how old now? That was a long time that's ago. That's yeah. twelve years ago or something like that. So this, to me, this is a whole like a genre that uh, hasn't really been satisfied or filled for a really long time. I think it could have a huge impact. Um, all signs are pointing to that being the game, or it could be a new Knights game. Well, if it's a new. Because Sega just announced that it's also working on something Knights-related, right. and we haven't seen that yet, so it could be Knights. Well, as a huge Knights fan who, you know, 
you know, A-rated that whole game, still owns it on the Saturn, da 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 a Knights game ain't a triple-A release. Right. Yeah, so that's right. that's my only caveat on that. Is well, the last Knights for Wii, I think it was. Yeah. this That, that was, was definitely not a triple-A not, game. Not good, no. <laughs> the original Saturn game is phenomenal. It is, um, yeah. And still is pretty good if you play it today. Yeah. Um, the the ending theme song with the Peebo Bryson sound alike, not so much. But uh, <laughs> Peebo Bryson, yeah, it, it was you a different. Pulled that out of the archives. It was uh, well, no, the, the ending. If you get uh, A ratings on all the all the levels, because if you get the ending song is sung by two kids that are supposed to be the two kids in the game. Uh-huh. But if you get all A's, there the, the ending song is then sung by adults, and the adults are straight up doing, like, Peebo Bryson and Jennifer Warms uh, uh, in, in impersonations, because huh. that was, like, the duet, the hot duet for adult contemporary at the time, which I guess was what Yu Suzuki was into in 1996. <laughs> I could see that, actually. Um, I could ab- absolutely <laughs> see that. So, uh... It was kind of charming. It was. A, yeah. I remember when that came on. My all my, my roommates were like, "What the hell is on television?" And I'm like, "The end of that game. Like that's the end of the game you were playing. What the hell is this?" I'm like, "I don't know." Uh, that's funny. Yu Suzuki is a wild man. Uh, uh, next up, and we did kind of not Yu Suzuki. Yuji Naka. Yuji Naka. Yuji Naka. That's right. Who has got, just disappeared into infamy. Yeah. At I got Yu. I got Yu Suzuki on the brain because Shenmue Three is. Coming. What was that goofy game he made where he had to roll the egg? Billy, Billy Hatcher. Hatcher. Yeah. Billy Hatcher and the something egg. <laughs> I hated that game. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty much the end of his development like, career. Like, I hated that game in a way. Have you ever played a game that you find, like, offensive in the way that, like, you feel like it's making fun of you for playing it? Yeah, like it. Like, it was. A, <laughs> I was like, like I was like, feel bad you don't respect me, and I feel like I don't respect me right now, so this needs to stop. <laughs> yeah. like, we need a break. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to yeah. take a break. We're going to take a break. You're going back to GameStop. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't get to be in the collection. Uh, uh, next up, and I kind of split this out of the EA section be- for obvious reasons, because it's a really gigantic game that people really care about, and that's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Um. I what? mean, this is their last thing, time to show it before uh, before it comes out. Yeah, much. it is. It's November. Yeah, so this is the last gasp for Respawn and EA for this game. What do you think they need or will show? I think they need to, I mean, to me, it was obvious when I saw that demo that there's Sekiro in it. That there's the, the sword fight. I mean, I don't think they're literally taking Sekiro's gameplay because ga- Sekiro didn't show enough to really use that in, their, in what they would have been using early prototyping for Fallen Order. But you can see in the fights with, um, you know, like the the guy with the the electro staff and stuff that they're using a similar thing where like you're trying to break through the stamina bar and then once that happens and you get a hit on them, the hit is lethal. Like that's you know they're making the lightsaber lethal. That's Sekiro. That yeah, it's pretty much the same. And I would say what they need to do now because a lot of people seem to miss that. And you know, like there was like I've seen like Twitter threads and stuff where people are like, "That's not there," and people like show them like that clip, and they're like, "That's clearly what's happening there." Like, well, I don't see what you're talking about. And I was like, "Well, okay." So what I think is what they should, the thing they could do best for themselves is do very clearly demo the combat system and show how it has more depth than just whacking something with a glowing Nerf bat. Because I I see that it's not that, but clearly a lot of people don't. So I think you're gonna have to spell it out. Yeah. Um, and pre-recording that gameplay demo to kind of get it exactly where you want might be a good idea, which mm-hmm. is what they did with the first demo they put out. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It was a missed opportunity. It was literally just someone playing without commentary. Why are you showing me the Force Unleashed? Why, why do I got to see that? <laughs> As an unpleasant reminder of what could happen with uh, yeah. Fallen Jedi. I mean, at this point, it's kind of up in the air how good this game is going to be. Are you confident in it still? I am pretty confident, yeah. Yeah? 
it's respawn it's stig like there's no reason not to i don't trust these people that are making this game like if it is bad um it will be an anomaly from from this team from this game director from this company because respawns quality stuff i mean if the people that made made titanfall 2 can't make a compelling star wars story i don't know what's going on I mean, they've even, they even, I think they even brought Chris Avalone in as like a, like, as a consultant on the script. So like, they're, they're doing it right, as far as I can tell. Do you think showing that the game is similar to a game like Dark Souls or Sekiro is the right move, though? You think that's what people want from a Star Wars game, Matt? Um, who knows what we want from a Star Wars game at this point? They haven't made any forever. Um, I th- but I think showing it's similar to that is going to win over a core audience that would be the audience paying attention at Gamescom. I don't think that's the way you sell it when you put the commercials on the NFL games in October, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think that would go some way to winning over, you know, the people who are most interested in a hack and slash action game, which you know most of I think people who are interested in that kind of thing, and I'm one of them for certain. Uh, even though I was a latecomer to it, like we've all kind of embraced the Dark Souls thing. Sure. Yeah. And kind of feel that like the from software model for that is the way to do it and like i mean even assassin's creed took took stuff from dark souls and you know the yeah. way the new assassin's creed's play is like dark souls but faster and with no stamina bar so if you can show that there's a little more thought behind the combat in this than just whack 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 die stormtrooper i think you're going to be in a good position with the the, the core audience is the core audience, core audience that has to kind of spread the word outward to say like yes this is good um, obviously, they're not the ones that solely determine what makes something a 15 million seller, which I think is what they'd really like here. I think, and I think they want 10 million. See, that, out of this. that was going to be my next point. Was yeah, it sounds good to imitate Dark Souls or Sekiro until you look at the sales numbers for those games. Well, that doesn't. Have Sekiro any... sold like three and a half million, I think, at this point, which is great. Mm. But that's not what EA is looking right, for. Right, but that doesn't have any bearing because a Sekiro doesn't have lightsabers, and b uh, you're not making this as hard as Sekiro. Yeah. Like clearly, you're not gonna you're not gonna do Lady Butterfly in this game. You know, you're gonna do you're gonna do something where like you have to you, say like in Sekiro when you when you miss a parry, you lose half your damn life. You know, like I mean, you you pay for it if you if you go for it and miss it. Um, in Fallen Order, I would say like if you if you miss that, you basically just get knocked back. You know, it's like the consequences are what make those games hard of like you know the risk reward. Whereas you just you just lower the risk on this, but you make it so you feel more like you are, you know, clashing and pairing and giving and taking. And the most important part, I think, is however hard or, or easy the game is, you have to make the lightsaber feel like it's a deadly weapon. Yeah. Like that's which where, I think they're doing. Yeah, I mean that's, I th- that definitely looks like where, that's where how they're it was going. Designed. I mean, I know people are upset that you, that you can't like dismember people with it, but it's like if you expected that, you're an idiot. Yeah, like that's not how Star Wars rolls. Like you're <laughs> there has never been an M-rated Star Wars game, and there never will. There be. never will be. If you yeah. want dismemberment, I guess buy the PC version and hope that they mod. They hope mod. That mod. The mod comes out for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, use a user mod. Um, it is not a thing. I mean, the only reason you could do the the cutting things off in. Um, uh, Jedi Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy is because you had that cheat code you could put in, right? Uh, which was basically part of the Quake engine. I mean, that was just part of how the Quake engine worked. It was not, you know, a, a, a specifically designed thing, in, which you could see in the fact that, like, you know, it's a, it a real quick and dirty, basically, hack where, like, you hacked, you know, when you hacked an arm off a guy, the arm still did the animation the body was doing. It just fell off the right, body. Right, you know, right. it wasn't like a physics thing or yeah. anything. And I think in the in Jedi Cat, I played Jedi Academy, the backwards compatible one on my Xbox One, the uh, the Xbox original that they went um, they went BC with it. 
And I think you can actually cut hands off in that, in the console version, but you can't cut limbs and arm. Like you could, I mean, in when you have that code on on the PC version, you basically touch them with a saber. Like you don't even need to, to swing. You just touch them with a saber and they just sort of fall apart. Which um, is actually kind of accurate. No, not, not inaccurate. <laughs> but yeah. like you're never going to get that in a, in a, in a Star Wars, yeah. officially in a Star Wars game because they have to, it was never, you know, a lot of people think KOTOR was rated M. was not. That's a T. Yeah. Yeah, it was a team. Um, yeah. You know, you haven't really had limb cutting in a Star Wars game unless it was droids. Yep. Um, which is, I think, why in the prequels the Feder- Trade Federation uses droids. I think that's an intentional choice because Lucas knew you can hack those things up and not, it get, won't a, matter. not get an R rating. You're not going to get a PG-13 rating in the movies, and you're going to be able to make games where you hack them up, and you're not going to get an M rating. Yep. So um, Smart. Yeah, it's all about marketability. You're yep. not going to get any limb cutting in this. Unless, I guess, you could get away with it with, like, a major boss or something. Like, the last boss, you could maybe cut their head off or something. Because, like, you d- you can cut ha- hands and heads off. But I think if you're just constantly whacking limbs off, you're going to get an M. Yep. Um, but beyond that, I think as long as you make it less, like, Force Unleashed, where, like, you just had the lightsaber. I mean, they described it as a lightsaber bat. Where like you had to hack a, a stormtrooper like three times in a combo before he'd die. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's not that doesn't feel good. Yep. Like you and it have, doesn't make sense with no. the IP either. So I think as long as they show they need to show that like the lightsabers are are really functional as a basically a one hit kill in the way that Sekiro's swords are. And I would also show a lightsaber duel. I would show how it how how it looks to fight someone with a lightsaber. They need lightsaber. to do a developer walkthrough for combat. Literally, where they sit there and they explain yeah. how the combat system works. Like, I don't know if that's a Gamescom thing. That might be a video I'd release, like, in, like, September or October, like, in the run-up. I don't know. Like, I, th- I think everything's a Gamescom thing for this game at this point because it's the last big show. I don't agree with that in the, in the, in the case of the combat thing because I think that is something you just need to convince the core audience of. That's not a thing you need to message out to the world. Um, people who like Star Wars and just want to play a Jedi game are going to buy it. They don't care. They're just going to accept whatever they get. Whereas, like, the, the core... I think if you could win over the Sekiro fans to something of, like, kind of a Sekiro light thing, you would get a lot more traction in sort of the core audience. Um, so I would... And they're going to see that video whenever you release it. Yeah, so I, so I would say, like, the closer to release, get them hyped up about that, show them there's, there's some meat on that bone, and have that momentum going into the, the launch window. Would okay. be good. Uh, next up, we go from Star Wars, a gigantic IP, to another IP that's almost as big, Harry mm-hmm. Potter. So I don't know if you remember, but a couple months ago, uh, the first footage of a game called Harry mm-hmm. Potter Magic Awakened. That was longer than that. It was, Has it been? It was early this year. Maybe. Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. was leaked out. Unlike, maybe last year. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. Unlike the Avengers footage that leaked out, Warner Brothers absolutely cared about yes. the Magic Awakened footage. We were not supposed to see this, clearly. Yeah. I uh, Also, by the way, we're not showing it to you. We're showing you stuff from other Harry Potter games um, because they will actually... Yeah. It, what is this from? This might be the leaked footage. This is the leaked this footage. This is the leaked footage, yeah. Adam, we got to stop showing this. <laughs> You can show one of the other clips, though. I'm like, that ain't the mobile game, because they don't look like that. That was the leaked footage. We just showed it to you, unfortunately. I should remove that from the TriCaster so we don't show it again. Uh, Hopefully that wasn't enough that the show will get flagged on YouTube, because Warner Brothers has been crazy about it so far. Um, But all signs are pointing to that game being unveiled at Gamescom. Again, there's been announcements by the developer and the publisher that they're going to show something big. This Mm -hmm. is the only known thing that they could possibly show. There's a slight chance it could be Rocksteady's game, but... I mean, frankly, Rocksteady's game, I think, is more likely. Really? Yeah. 
because I I think this game I think Harry Potter is a uh, is a next gen. This is Deathly Hallows you're seeing here, by the yeah. way. Yeah, this is not the game. But I think Harry Potter is next gen, and I don't think anyone's cleared to talk about next gen yet. I mean, they already are focus grouping it. They were focused. Mm-hmm. That's where that video leaked from. Right. The focus test. But like, there's no guarantee that that is an actual game. It's more of a they were they the the focus test. The people that I think, as I remember, the people that were involved in that focus test that were willing to speak about it basically said, like, the, the focus test was about, would you be interested in this? So I think that was more of a proof of concept thing. And the idea that that game would be ready already, and especially that, like, they'd be willing to show it. Cause e- it looked awful far along in that footage. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like a prototype to me. I mean, because if you're, if you're going target-wise on, like, next-gen hardware, that's basically what you're going to end up with. I mean, Watch Dogs looked real good, too, but that obviously was not a finished game. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, that if, if it was being made by Ubisoft, I might feel more like, oh, maybe that we are going to see it because Ubisoft don't give a fuck when it comes to showing early next-gen stuff. They're like, no, this is just an imaginary system. Well, I mean, that it could be look on. at Beyond Good and Evil 2 that we saw yeah. the first time like 11 years yeah, ago, and exactly. it's still not out. So um, Yeah, but so like EA isn't really more, isn't like that really. So I'd be a little surprised if they showed a game that's probably going to be next-gen this early. Uh, but whereas Rocksteady, it's well overdue to see uh, Suicide Squad, which is what it's going to be, folks. Like, it's going to be Suicide Squad. I will bet money. I think Mo- Mo- WB Montreal might be working on something Batman-y. You know, there's a lot, been a lot of rumors swirling around yeah, there. Yeah, there has. Yeah. Um, but I think Rocksteady's making Suicide Squad, uh, and uh, it's about time. Uh, although I mean, again, We haven't heard a peep about that. No, I mean, all we've heard is Rocksteady being like, "No, we're not going to show it. No, we're not going to show it." All Rocksteady's really said is like, "We don't want to make Batman again. We're not showing anything, and we're not interested in Superman." Yeah. So, you put your hopes for a Superman game away. I think I don't think they're doing that. Although there's that. I mean, I think I saw on Keeley's rundown that WB was one of the publishers. Yeah, and and WB uh, there was a leak of a pre-order for an untitled WB game for all systems. Um, So it, it. it could be Harry Potter. It could be the one thing that does. No, it was, it was Xbox, PS4, and PC. So I don't know. It could be either, but I lean towards Rocksteady just because I think that game would probably be more current gen. And I Harry, would be more excited if it were Rocksteady's game. I'll say that Harry Potter feels more like a next gen proof of concept, which would surprise me if that game was that far along. And they've, they just released that Harry Potter mobile thing, and I think that they don't want to split that that IP's attention too much right now. Or they released the Harry Potter mobile game as a precursor to them unveiling the console Harry Potter. Could game. be, but that's not really how you know conventional marketing wisdom works. Uh, that's not to say that EA. I mean, it's called that. shoulder marketing. There's mm-hmm. an actual term for it when and you like, use one product to promote another. Yeah, I just don't think that that really worked. <laughs> like with this mobile game, like I don't know if that game really was it called Wizards Unite. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's that. What we're, yeah, I don't think that did quite what. Uh, well, this isn't Wizards. Unite. I mean, this, I, is, this is the other one. Well, I think it did poorly compared to Pokemon Go. They put out more po- more Harry Potter stuff than Star Wars stuff. Yeah, in the same space of time. Yeah, I was surprised to uh, read that the last Harry Potter book came out in two thousand seven. Yeah, it's been a long time. Oh yeah, they've done a good job keeping this IP alive. Well, I mean, they still had the Fantastic Beast stuff, and like also well, like, the last film came out twenty eleven. Is that right? Um, yeah, that sounds right. It was it was ten year. It was ten years after uh, the first one. The first yeah. one came out in twenty two thousand one, um, and the first book came out in, I think ninety eight. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, look the. The kids who grew up with this property... They're not kids anymore. No, they're in their late 20s. They're (laughs) in their late 20s, early 30s. Um, So that that also means it's prime nostalgia time. So this is the time to start putting out high-quality 
big budget stuff that capitalizes on that because you're you're hitting. Well, I don't know if the millennials have a lot of disposable income, but they're pro- they'll probably buy a video game. <laughs> so someone in the chat says they'll take that bet. Rocksteady ain't making Suicide Squad. Emperor Dread says he'll bet you on that one. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you might want to trust Matt on this one. I'm not going to say why. But uh, I don't know. One, one way or the other, it's going to be something they can turn into some kind of Destiny-style microtransaction farm because they did hire microtransaction experts at Rockstar. Who doesn't? A while if ago. you're developing a game in 2019, you're going to need microtransactions. Yeah. All, or it's all, probably not going to get a green light from All things point to this being some kind of game-as-a-service thing. And uh, the easiest DC property to turn into that is Suicide Squad. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, next up, what I think is, is the thing I'm most excited for from Gamescom, and that is Elden Ring. This is You're the... excited for this. Yes, absolutely. Well, how could I not be? Because it's going to be Dark Souls, and you hate Dark Souls. We don't Souls. know that yet. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we probably do. Um, yeah, but it's George R. R. Martin working on this. Well, it's not George, that like Dark George, Souls needed help in the whole. George R. R. Martin wrote like a page of lore for it. I Is mean, that really all he did? Yeah, he, he 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 basically wrote the world. He wrote the world. The game is not being written by George R. R. Martin. Well, I doubt there's going to be much writing in it at all. Yeah, from software's games aren't heavy on the exposition typically. No, not a lot of dialogue going on. But no, this is basically it's going to be in the same way that like like Kingdoms of Amalur, like Ari Salvatore, like created the world and the premise. Yeah, and like someone else pretty much wrote wrote the script, the whole script. Um, So I mean, sure, you know, and like on one hand, it's like yeah, I'm sure that'll be cool. On the other hand. I don't feel like From has really fallen short on world building. Yeah, I was just going to say that's not really a weakness like, of From yeah, software. Yeah, the, the, the weakness is that it's you have to fig- find out the world building by it's, gathering all the scraps of paper for forty hours. And like once you, if you like go to the wiki and like read the backs, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like all this stuff is really cool. I don't have the patience to go through and like piece together I don't all the either. different notes. And I have stuff no idea it. what's going on in Dark Souls or Bloodborne. It's really cool if you go look at the actual I'm summary sure of what is. it is. It's just you know, it's just I would say they need to be a little more forthcoming about it in the game. A little itself. more overt with yeah. how they tell stories, and maybe that collaboration helps them with that in some way. Could be, but like I feel like I feel like for George R. R. Martin, this is a paycheck and. An easy one. Paycheck and a credit, and he's like, "Wait a minute, how much money did I just make for wait for writing one page?" Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like, I, just <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was like a substantial, you know, yeah, yeah. thing, right up, but like, or whatever. But you know, it's it's not going to be like you know George R. R. Martin brings you the most intricate story of politics and sword play in the history of video games. It's it's, it's yeah, it's not going to be like Dark Thrones. No, and you're still going to have like. You're still gonna have a stamina bar, like you're, it's, you. All the things that prevent you from liking Dark Souls I think are still, <laughs> still gonna, gonna be there. Be there. <laughs> Don't rain on my parade, Kyle. You're just gonna be more frustrated. I had deluded myself into believing this game is going to be the thing that no, gets me keep, over the hump. Keep the expectations real low, and then you won't be disappointed. I, I'm still really excited for it. Um, I mean, it certainly looks cool. I mean, I'm excited about it because I like those games. And like, if you're gonna like make it bigger and. You know, they're saying it's the biggest game they've ever made, and there's like a big open world element to it, and all. I'm like, yeah, you're you're speaking my language. Like, I got nothing. There's nothing wrong with anything you're saying. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what it exactly what it is. I don't think it's going to be different enough from Dark Souls and Bloodborne to uh, to break through your shields. We'll see. I'm keeping an open mind. That's what I always try mm-hmm. to do. I never pigeonhole myself and say I'm never going to like this or I'm never going to do that. I just take it on a case by case basis, and so I hope. 
But this one, I mean, look, Sekiro already inched a little bit more my mm-hmm. direction. I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed From's prior games. Right. So. I just think this is going to step more towards the, the prior games back. than Sekiro. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then a couple more here. Splinter Cell. We've been talking about Splinter Cell now for, it seems like, 18 months. Thinking any minute... Ubisoft is going to unveil the next Splinter Cell. Well, I think we kind of got our answer. That's how Sam Fisher gets you. Yeah. As soon as you stop expecting him, <laughs> boom. Well, I think we fi- we figured out this week why we've been disapp- disappointed over and over because it appears that the next Splinter Cell is going to be a VR game. Like, that makes sense. It makes total but sense. it's also disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect... The one thing I format, you, you know, what, well, stuff. also I kind of hope that like I don't know if they could even do this, but I would love it if like when you're room just, scale stuff. No, I mean when you you just play the game normally, but when you have to do the night vision, you have to put the VR helmet on. Oh, interesting. And it goes, you know, like that. I mean, it would be kind of cool if you did room scale stuff with it, and you literally have to hide behind things you in your living do, room. You can't do that though. You can't because the PlayStation VR can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, that would be cool, but like only one headset on the market can do that, and you don't want to limit yourself like that. Do you remember one of the first trailers for the Wii, where they showed the, people the guy hiding, hiding behind, hiding the, behind couch? the couch and playing Metroid? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, remember? I mean, every, it was misleading. That actually, that actually reminds me. Uh, so I was at a, uh, a party this weekend at a bar, a uh, different party, and at the table next to us, this guy sits down with his group, and he pulls out a switch and a projector thing and starts playing Smash Brothers projected on the wall of the bar. Was it one of those yeah. little mini projectors that like yeah. cell phones have? It was a little Some bigger than that. It, it, it was, I mean, it was a big, proje- it was bigger than the Switch. Oh, okay. It was like about the size of the Switch. And the project, like the, the, the picture was like, maybe I'd say like 25 inches on the wall. But we we're, it was out back in like the, in like the patio area. And I, I was like, I turned to like one of the girls at our table and I'm like, what? And she's, she's like, I've never seen that before. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, this is like one of those like promotional videos. She's like, yeah, it's like the rooftop party happened, the <laughs> rooftop garden thing, and the switch. I'm like, yeah, we finally got the rooftop party. That's what happens when somebody watches that stuff and takes it yeah. way too seriously. But I have never seen that before. I have never. That's a, that's I've never. That's a completely either. new one on me. And I honestly doubt I'll ever see it again. Now, granted, I was probably the oldest person in this bar. Yeah. So maybe that's just what happens. Still, at, to me, that at just, the youngins. But it was. It was. <laughs> even the younger people around me were like. Hmm? <laughs> to me, that still just sounds like a desperate plea for attention. Yeah. Well, I saw people come up to try to play, and I don't think he had any more of the controllers. Uh, like, he had to have at least two. Didn't nobody? I didn't, I think one person played with him a little bit. Yeah. Oh, why would you do that? And then at one point, he started a whole game of like where he put like eight CPU. It was him and like seven CPU players, and turned all the AI up all the way to like max. And he like almost won. Wow. Like he was very good. He was good at it. So he's there showing off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that's um, he only played it for like twenty minutes and put it away because I don't think anyone was paying attention. Like, so weird, but that was that was that was a thing that happened. I've never seen it before, but apparently that happens. But I mean, it wasn't NBA Two K. But here I we mean, go. look, we also don't know if PlayStation VR Two, which is coming, whether it's going to do room scale. Maybe it does. Yeah, but if it and then does, it makes more sense. If it does, then we ain't seeing Splinter Cell VR yet. Yeah, we wouldn't see it at the show then. No. Although now rumors are swirling that PlayStation VR Two might be shown off pretty soon. That would be very weird. Yeah. I can't see them launching that system with that. Like, especially if they're going to make PSVR 1, like, still work with it. Like, yeah. don't, like, what, who's going to do that? Who's going to, sp- like, that's $1,000 right there, you know, for a new system and a new VR set. Yeah. Like, that's, that's crazy. Well, Pactor was saying that he thinks Sony may bundle it for, like, six or 700 or something. I mean, that's a pretty good deal, but, like, 
that's still a lot of money. That's a lot of money for yeah. <laughs> something that literally has nothing to play yet. Yeah, it's like someone coming to me and being like, "Hey, I'll sell you my brand new Lambo for half price," and I'm like, "Uh, <laughs> I still can't afford it." Great deal, but yet, <laughs> thanks, but sorry, I really wish I could. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Splinter Cell. Oh man, that would be a huge vote of Sony's confidence in the in VR. I mean, yeah. I just don't know if that's in the cards. Yep. Um, I would wait a year if I were them. And then the last kind of big third-party thing from Gamescom, Final Fantasy VII Remake, they don't really need to show any of that. I don't think. I mean, you, like, could, you could never mention that again until launch, and it would be fine. Yeah, I don't think like, it would make much of a difference to it. It's, it's I think E3 2019 pretty much sold everybody on the game. Yeah, I mean, your, your uh, audience for this is built in. Like, you don't need to, as long as it doesn't look terrible, like, you don't need to worry about it. But I'm guessing there'll be a new trailer or something. Yeah, it'll be something. They have released, I think, one trailer. I mean, certainly I think people would like clarity about how long this is. Like, yeah, we, how the episodic they're, they're still doing the episodic things. And, and, I mean, they've already said they don't know how many episodes it's going to be. I'm like, well, that's not encouraging. Yeah, that means you have no plan. Um, so, but, like, I think a lot of people want to know where this ends. Yeah. You know, how how long does it, you know, does it go to the end of Midgar? Does it go to the, you know. That's my like, guess. But that would be the most natural break point for me. Yeah. Like, basically the end of disc one. Right. Um, and then you got the people that are like, oh, I'm not going to play this until they release the whole thing complete. And I'm like, well, I'll see you in 2027, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, you, you may be not be alive by the time that happens. I would just play yeah. them as they release them. I saw, I saw, I saw a thread on the uh, Star Citizen forums uh, this week. Why where, are you over there? Oh, <laughs> if com- there's if there's relief, if there's a live slow motion train wreck happening down the street, would you not go almost every day just to watch it slowly <laughs> fold in on itself? Um, <laughs> There's always some crazy thing there, at least once once a day, really. Yeah. And the most recent thing that blew my mind was there were people, it was a thread where people were saying like, hey, since a lot of people that back this game are going to die before it comes out, sh- we should have a way you can like set up like an in-game memorial for backers who didn't live to see the game released. <laughs> and I'm like, what did you just say? Like, <laughs> like, and like no one's and people are like well, I don't and the reason people didn't want it because like well that's a real life thing and I don't want real life in my space sim and I'm like that's your reason for not wanting how about just the game shouldn't take longer than a human lifespan to come out like what the hell wow what is going on some people are just in too deep with that game they've invested real money in it and there's yeah. no way you're going to change their opinion every about every it. few weeks you see something and lots of real i money. mean every few weeks you see something where someone's asking like how do i tr- my my father had the, an account here and he died and how do i transfer it to my account or something like, like they're lucky they even knew he had the account yeah well from what he I handed it down in his will from what i understand <laughs> there's that has also been a thread on there about how do you put an account in your will because yeah. because transferring the account is against the tos oh. of star citizen so you have to do it on like a gray market thing um Jeez. yeah it's it's com- that's it's, just free it, money to them man this is a whole it's a rabbit hole like i go down this this thing with like a couple, like a couple of my friends every week i'm just like okay what happened today you know? <laughs> yeah. but like it's crazy like it's it is it's astounding i said that as soon as i heard about it when i heard the first amount that had been given to them i was like oh, oh yeah. this is gonna end poorly you can't just give somebody that Here, much oh, money. And, and here's i mean i'm in that game for like 700 bucks yeah i mean i have a bunch of ships yeah i'm waiting for i'm not i'm not like it's I, it's already gone. I mean, I spent that money like years and years ago, and now I'm just like, if it gives me access to watch this train wreck, like awesome. Like I'm, I've already gotten that much entertainment out of this. If the game comes out, it's just gravy. But here's a fun fact for Rebel Galaxy Outlaw that came out today. So Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is a cockpit like you know space fighter shooter. The first game was like a, you know played like Assassin's Creed's like naval combat. You're in a, a, a capital ship and you kind of aim the cannons and did that. 
the reason the first game was like that was because they wanted to make a cockpit starfighter game but they were afraid that star citizen would come out around the same time and like completely overshadow them so they made a capital <laughs> ship game and now they decided well star citizen is never coming so we're just going to make the game we wanted to make in the first place and now the sequel came out and star citizen is still nowhere in sight wow amazing i would say get out while you can but you can't you can you can i mean you can you can't get your money back you can sell the account to someone else though if you can I mean, find someone who wants to buy oh, there's, it. there's whole there's a whole industry <laughs> trust me all right if let's you want to unload that stuff you can <laughs> all right let's move on to the big three at gamescom um i think in general the big three usually e3 is the big platform and then gamescom gets sloppy seconds but since sony didn't show up to e3 this year gamescom mm -hmm. is kind of a big deal for sony uh the last of us part two there's just rumors swirling about yeah. that almost every day there's a new rumor swirling about the last of us part two it really looks like february yeah it's like, starting to look that way like it's coming out in february mm -hmm. um you think we're gonna see a new gameplay demo from the game maybe i mean this is another game where it's like like final fantasy 7 you don't really matter. have to show much anymore doesn't matter yeah like it's been a long yeah. time i mean <laughs> it's been the whole generation people have waited for this sequel yeah so it's been what, a year and a year and some change since we saw it last yeah i, I mean, mean it's yeah it's been you since could, e3 you could, 2018 it's absolutely a good time to release something new from it it's also not gonna hurt you if you don't like they could do whatever they want here it could help though it, not to i mean it's it's been a year it. like a year and it doesn't matter it could you could put that out tomorrow and it would sell i mean it's always going to sell well and millions and millions it's not going to matter like they, they this is this thing is gold there's there's almost no other property that is bulletproof the way this thing is so you're expecting do you expect a release date to be announced at gamescom i do maybe maybe i mean if it's really coming in february now's that it, it's perfect it's, it's about perfect. The, it's about the right time to start putting up the pre-orders for like the special edition the stuff timing is so that. perfect because it's also so far out that if you're not tracking to get it done in time you can start crunching and get it done like you're giving yourself enough enough mm -hmm. leeway that even if things start to get a little dicey you can probably still get it ready in time yeah but i also feel like you know naughty dogs pretty much got this one i mean they haven't, I mean, especially because they didn't have to divert any resources to making an E3 demo this year. Right. So if they could just put together, slap together a trailer out of existing footage. And, and I hate to just offhandedly say, oh, just crunch and get it done. Like, that wasn't my intent at mm -hmm. all. <laughs> I, I feel for the people who are involved in crunch, but it's the reality of game development. Well, certainly the reality of working at Naughty Dog. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's also rumors that Death Stranding may get delayed. Um, I feel like it probably won't. But We're about like, to get to that, though. But, like, if that gets delayed, maybe you don't talk about Last of Us yet. That's a good point. Um, next up, Ghost of Tsushima. Oddly enough, I come here for the show today, and a story breaks about Ghost mm -hmm. of Tsushima while I'm sitting here. Uh, rumors are starting to say that this might not come out until the PS5 is ready. Mm -hmm. um, when I, I asked uh, the head of Sucker Punch that uh, last year about this at E3, I'm like, is that PS5? Is that? And he's like, nope, that's all PS4. It's all yeah. PS4. I mean, and I believe time, him. he was telling the truth. I believe probably. him, and I th it'll still be a PS4 game, I think. I mean, I think you'll be able to play it on both. I, I mean, look at that right there. But that, like, is that real time? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, look, the, the, the stuff that they pull out of, like, in, like, Last of Us... And um, even early on in the system's life on Second Sun... I mean, just look Sun, at everything moving like, on a hat. Like, 
Yeah, but that's all. That's all that little straw pieces. That yeah, are, but that's all just like it's all automatic. It's just like algorithms. It's I know that, there. but games don't do that. Like for instance, I was I'm still playing Fire Emblem. I mm-hmm. still have not finished that freaking game. Neither it am is I. so huge, but you get I, your money's worth. You do, but but I notice like I've been noticing little things with the visuals. Like there's one uh, critical attack that one of the characters does where he jumps up in the air, and then he throws his spear down into the ground and mm-hmm. it kills whoever it is. And then when he lands, the spear just disappears out of the ground and then appears in his hand and he spins it around. Like mm-hmm. Those are like the little shortcuts that game developers take because that whole animation routine of him going and getting the spear and then like... Well, also, I don't want to watch him do that. Well, though. you can do it. You can, if you're good, you can do it in a way that it happens really quickly and you're not just doing this awkward cut. But that's the difference with Sony first party stuff and a lot of other first party games is they go the extra mile to do that kind of stuff. Like having the straw on the hat moving like a lot of games just don't have that attention to detail the gas can and the back of the jeep and uncharted 4 i think naughty dog really created kind of a culture of of attention to detail in the sony first party yeah and it's carried over thank god i mean Mm -hmm. what now you have sucker punch doing it looks i mean sucker punch has always had really good attention to detail they just don't make games very often yeah um i mean look at go back and look at second sun which i don't think was an amazing game but like there's some really detailed stuff in there Especially for that, for a, that was like a launch game, right? Yeah, I think the problem with that game is it felt like a tech demo to show, hey, look at what the PlayStation There was a lot, of, especially the design of the powers, like with all the neon stuff. The and lighting like. and but everything. But go look around, like, like there's some really impressive, especially in the post, the Pro update, once they updated it for the Pro, like there's some good stuff in there. Like there's, it, I'm not saying it makes the game any more fun to play because I, I didn't actually finish it. It's the first Sucker Punch game I haven't finished. It just sort of, I just sort of fizzled out. I didn't out. finish it either. Yeah. Um, and also, I didn't think, uh, what's his name? Remember what his name, the character's Who name? are you asking about? The main character. From what? Second Son. Oh, uh, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. No clue. Like, I, didn't, I didn't find him as interesting as, um, uh, I don't remember his name either. Yeah, see, I don't, yeah. Think the ca- I don't think they do a good job with characters in their games, typically. Sly was good. Yeah. I remember all the Sly characters. That's pretty much it, though. I mean, Rocket obviously Rocket, didn't catch yeah. on. <laughs> No, <laughs> and I mean the characters in this. I think they're intentionally kind of vague. Like I love every time I mention Rocket when I talk to any Sucker Punch people, they always yell at another Sucker Punch person in the room. This guy knows who, what Rocket is. Yeah, there's not many of us, that's for sure. <laughs> Ubisoft screwed some, that game. Some people may know of it, but there aren't many people who actually. A lot of people it. who know of it have probably like didn't know it, but they watched a segment I made somewhere probably. on it because I've yep. I've done like three or four segments at three or four different outlets about Rocket. Robot on Wheels, just because yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to highlight this thing because I love it. Well, the rumor today was that there's going to be a state of play on February 12th, a very specific date, which makes me believe that the leak is a bunch of crap. Which is right before Last of Us would be coming out. Right. So February 12th of next year, there's going to be a state of play. They're going to blow out the PlayStation 5, and that's where they're going to show this again, and they're going to announce that it's not coming out until the PlayStation 5 launches, and then obviously mm-hmm. it'll be backwards compatible with PS4 as well. Um, but it's looking like, at least according to these, this latest round, and again, take this with a grain of salt, it could be all BS, it looks like it's going to be kind of the marquee launch game for PS5. Mm-hmm. Well, my main issue with that is, let's say Last of Us does in fact come out in February. So there's just nothing on Sony for nine months i mean it's kind of been that way anyway hasn't it well i mean we had days gone and then we're getting death stranding in september um hopefully it's, it's not like there's a it's not like there's been a, a 
confluence of stuff. But I mean, like, Sony's turned into Nintendo over the last couple of years. A little bit. I, I mean, mean, they're basically are putting out like two first party things per year over the last couple of years, and they're the leader. Well, they put out more than that last year, but like, did they? Yeah, but this—I mean, the big ones were Spider-Man and God of War, but they still had like smaller stuff. I'm trying and to like, think what they were though. And then, they, but the, this year, yes, that has been pretty much one early in the year. I mean, Nintendo used to do one per quarter, and Sony hasn't really even done that this year. PlayStation's kind of though getting to the position Nintendo used to be, where it had two platforms. So now Sony has PlayStation VR and the PlayStation that it has to support with first-party software. Some would argue it's done a terrible job of that with PlayStation VR. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that PlayStation VR is taking as much of their resources as, like, the 3DS. No, not as much, but it's a similar aesthetic, basically. Sort of. But, like, um, I mean, mar- part of it is, like, they've just decided to not kill themselves supporting the PS4 in the end of its life as we move forward into the new system for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe when we see the new system, that will make more sense. Yeah. Um, like, I am... Wondering if when they finally pop up, maybe if this thing happens in February, like, will we get some kind of explanation as to why they didn't go to E3 or why they didn't feel the need to talk about I, anything? Highly Probably doubt, not. Highly doubtful, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I mean, that so. is sort of the big question. Like, it's be, it'd be a little awkward to have to come out and not at least address it in some sort of jokey PR-friendly way, yeah. you know, like, at, even at Gamescom. Yeah. You, you know? Like, hey, I haven't seen you guys in a while, kind of thing. Like, something. Like, some acknowledgement that, like, yeah, you've been kind of running silent for they have. most of the year. And at that point, it will be a, have been a long time. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get PSX. If this is happening, we're definitely not getting PSX. No, that year. seems like it's just what, what PSX would have been. Yeah. pushed a little bit. Because the timing works out better. The other question is, if the backwards compatible thing is true... Does it make you know it, it is? Yeah, but it does it make it awkward to do that presentation right at the time Last of Us comes out? Because you're sort of saying like, hey, if you just wait a while, you'll be able to play this game way better. It'll look way better. Yeah, I don't know. It's dicey. I mean, this, we're, yeah. we're in new frontiers, and it's also dicey because it'll be right around the time of dice. <laughs> That's true. Right around March, uh, and then finally, Death Stranding. Mm. Uh, more rumors been swirling that this game is about to be announced for PC. Yeah. Uh, like they got re- got removed from the Sony list of exclusives on their website. Yep, that would be very unusual. Um, I don't know if that's ever happened to a Sony exclusive before. Uh, at least before it came out. I mean, a couple. I think one or two Sony exclusives have ended up on uh, like Journey. I think ended up on PC. Was that what, was that right? Yeah, that was like the first one. Because usually, if something you know, for God's sake. If you're going to put any Sony exclusive on PC, you need to put that Demon Souls on PC because that's, that audience desperately wants a modern that's true. Demon Souls. Yeah. Um, but like, the, usually, if Sony puts up the money for development, you s- those th- those GAT games stays on a PlayStation platform. Yep, and um, it funded this entire game. Yeah, so that would be a very st- strange move. I mean, that's strange in the sense that it wouldn't make sense because obviously there's a market on PC that you wouldn't reach otherwise, so and it would look amazing on PC. So like, it's that makes sense, but it'd be a strange move in the sense that it's very out of character for Sony. Yeah, it also kind of softens the impact of maybe people buying it for PlayStation Five if they mm-hmm. can buy it for PC and make it look just as good, if mm-hmm. not better even. Who knows? We'll see what the PS Five is capable. Of. Well, depending on whether you have a ray tracing capable graphics card, yeah, right. It'll make a big difference. So, yeah. That's Sony at Gamescom. I'm just glad we're getting... And there's rumors that it might get delayed. Yeah. So. I don't know about that, though. I, I mean, like, well, it is Kojima, so... Yeah, well, also, it's possible. I mean, you, you feel like once you put the big pre-order screen up on PlayStation Network, like, it's pretty locked in, but then you could have said the same about Days Gone. Exactly. So. Yep. As I've been burned. I've been... 
I don't even know what the rhyme or reason is for releases anymore. I've been burned so many damn times on hmm. our drafts and stuff. It's like, I, that, oh yeah, yeah. That is one thing I can definitely not predict is whether a game is going to be, be delayed or not. I'm pretty, I am, I'm pretty good at that. I am terrible. I at called it. the shit out of Ori. You did. You absolutely did. Um, so that's Sony, Microsoft at Gamescom, uh, Halo Infinite. You expect we'll see anything from that? Um. Probably I, not. I don't either. No, I, I don't think, think you, so. I think you're focused completely on Gears yeah. right now. Maybe we'll see Gears Tactics. That's true. That's possible. That game disappeared a little bit. But, you know, we did get another look at Halo at E3. Um, it does appear to be quite far along, so I'm guessing the assets are there if they did want to show something new. I feel like there, there's no reason to split your attention when you've got Gears about to launch. Like, yeah. don't make people excited about Halo when they, you want them to buy Gears next month would be Yeah, because Halo game. looks to be a launch game for Scarlet. Yeah, no and, doubt. And if we don't get that till late next year, yeah. I mean, you, you have to talk about it at E3. But, oh, for sure. But you don't have to talk about it at Gamescom. No. I mean, you have to talk about it next Gamescom. Right, right. But, like, yeah. I, I feel like you can hold this until E3 and you're fine. Yeah. Although I don't think they would. I think we'll see something before next year's E3. I think if if this happens would, with Sony State of Play in February, I think you're going to see Microsoft start ramping up its promotional. Maybe plans. I mean if 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 that happens in February, I think you will see like more Halo stuff done as like a under the the guise of like a tech presentation at GDC like the following month. Um, like that wouldn't surprise me because sometimes some, uh, Microsoft also has a history of sort of premiering premiering a tech. Th- demo style thing at GDC and then releasing it publicly is more of like a hype builder. Um, hell, they did, that's how they launched the X, they announced the Xbox. True. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Sony blows that out if you see a little, uh, oh, we're going to talk about Scarlet's hardware a little bit and we're going to show you what Halo looks like on it again and here's what the gameplay is like and sort of thing and then really blow it out at E3. It's going to be an exciting year next year watching these two. Yeah, it's going to be like a like a it, it's going to be like a horse race. Basically. It is. It's, uh, it's going to be who who can get ahead. Who's going to, who's, you know, it's it's uh, which will be good for I think all of us. Oh, for sure. Yeah, next year is going to be way better than this year was for gaming podcasts. I guarantee mm-hmm. that for sure. But yeah, I think I think right now you keep the focus on gears and you don't, you don't need to worry about Halo right now. Yep. I mean, I know we would all probably prefer to see Halo. No offense to Gears. Yeah. But uh, I think that's just the way it is. It's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how it is. Speaking of Gears 5, um, they've had the tech tests over the last month where you can play multiplayer. Um, at Gamescom, they're going to blow out the horde mode of Gears mm-hmm. 5, which is which has become kind of this staple of the Gears mm-hmm. franchise. Um, so it's a, I think it's appropriate that at a big convention that is kind of their focus. Yeah, it's the right I thing wish, to let people play. I think they maybe should have done that for E3 instead of the modes that they gave folks at E3. But I don't know. I think the fact that this is you know, games playing stuff at Gamescom tends to be a little easier. Like it's you know getting into the Microsoft Theater and doing all the stuff at E3 is is a lot of hoops to jump through to play something, especially because they don't have that many stations, whereas at Gamescom, it's going to be more open, and, like, you know, it makes more sense for Horde mode, because game, you know, the escape mode is, like, what, four players? Yeah. And, like, so Horde mode is four or five, or five usually. Um, You can set up more stations, you get more people playing at once. Like, I think think you have the space for it there, and it makes sense to put Horde mode there. And also, you want the public to play it and get their hands on it and, and come out of it, like, you know, building hype. Uh, You probably wanted it as polished as possible, you know, Right, right before launch, I think it does you better to build horde mode hype a month before the game comes out rather than three months before the game comes out. 
Um, what about the campaign, though? Campaign, I mean, well, the campaign's next month. Remember? Oh, what do you mean? They're, they're blowing a campaign out right before launch. Oh, I didn't know that. That okay. was that was their path they set up in E3. Was they're going to do Escape, and then they're going. It was like Escape June, uh, multiplayer, like like standard like the multiplayer test, yeah. uh, July Horde mode August campaign September. Oh, okay, so we're still getting. So that. we're going to get a, a campaign blowout of some kind uh, before it launches. I wonder if they're going to do like a private event, or if they're just going to put out. A trailer. I mean, it, you could kind of double that up with like a launch event sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you'll ever beat the the first game's launch event at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, where at some point I was I was literally playing Gears in a mausoleum next to someone's like grave. Yeah. I was like, that's odd. I don't. <laughs> sorry, I got. Like, <laughs> like I don't. I just I'm here to do my job. I'm. It's <laughs> like I'm just here to do my job. I do not need to be haunted after this. Thank you. Like, not my idea. Please do not haunt me. It was bizarre, like they because the Hollywood Forever Cemetery has a lot of events, you know, yeah, like movie yeah. stuff. They have so. like we went to movies there where you sit oh, on yeah. the lawn and like watch a movie oh, yeah, in a cemetery. Great. But it's just like it's not you don't know. I mean, you, I'm sitting there in this mausoleum playing a game, and I just looked. I just looked to my Literally. right, like, like the little like you know, it's little drawers they put the cremation and a- ashes yeah. in, and it's just like there's the name of the per- people right there. I'm just like eh, this is bizarre. Um, Although I would say, and you, you took like a you took like a. It, I mean, it was like a military vehicle, like from the where they where you parked to like the the event, the actual space. and they so they drove you in like kind of a, like a military transport thing, and like people dressed as locusts were like popping up behind gravestones and stuff, and I'm just like, I don't, Whoa. it's it was weird. Whoa, it was why did I weird. not go to that? I don't know. I was not at that. Paris Hilton was there. I was at the review event where we played the game. But that was just over at like Edelman at like the PR firm. That yeah, was this was like the big like like visible red carpety yeah, launch where thing. Where all the celebs show up. Yeah, and Paris Hilton was there, like a bunch of bunch of people. But Paris Hilton didn't seem to know why she was there, but she was there. This is weird. So before you got here, we have another new TriCaster TD, and I was talking to him about Paris Hilton before hmm. you got here. Like so I, that's the most anyone's talked about Paris Hilton in years. <laughs> it's so random, <laughs> like twice <laughs> in an hour. Like that hasn't happened to anywhere else in the world. I guarantee it. Uh, okay, let's move on. Finally, to Nintendo at Gamescom. Nintendo had an amazing E3, one E3 easily, hands down. Uh, doesn't really have anything else to prove at this point, other than maybe showing more Animal Crossing. But they showed like mm-hmm. forty minutes of gameplay on the Treehouse stream at E3. So um, I don't really know what Nintendo has to show or what it has to show. I mean, kind of <laughs> do whatever it wants. Yeah. So. I see, you know, more Animal Crossing, a little bit of Pokemon, a little bit of Luigi's Mansion. Call, Call it a day. day. Yeah. You don't need to show anything new, really. Yeah, probably see some Astral Chain or something like that. Yeah, there. Astral Chain's due this month, so yeah, be, that'd probably be a good thing to, to remind people is a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're doing, like, a, a European Treehouse stream, though. They did know. do that, I think, last year, though. They did, like, their Treehouse stuff, but at Gamescom. Uh, and hopefully we get new demos of some of the stuff. Um I don't even know that I need to see more Animal Crossing for Switch. <laughs> like, uh, it's a known quantity. You're, mm-hmm. you're either like Animal Crossing or you don't. You already know whether you're going to buy it or not. I think for most yeah. people. Um, so I'm not too caught up in that. Uh, I'm always down to see more of Luigi's Mansion Three. I think the game looked amazing at E3. I really enjoyed it and loved it. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield. They haven't stopped promoting that since it was announced. Yeah. I don't even know at this point what's left for them to divulge about the game. I don't know you're into kind of like where you're just divulging like little. You're in the meta zone now. Yeah, little minor things that the fan base is like, well, we're not gonna like talk about, but like stuff that most people don't care about, like, don't but know, a, a core group of people will get really pissed off about. Yeah. 
which is pretty much Pokemon in a nutshell at this yeah, point. Yeah, I'm still not really quite on the hype train for this game. Um, I'm into it. I mean, I know I'm going to play it, and I know I'll, I'll play it for like 50 hours or whatever. But I mean, I, I know it doesn't look amazing, like just, but it looks pretty good for a Pokemon game. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, what do you expect from the Switch at this point? They're not all going to look like Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would argue that maybe Let's Go looks better than this game. I, just I, like, don't, I, don't I like the so. art style more. I like this a little better, I think. Like, uh, Let's Go is a little too... I don't know. It's a little too literal of a of a handheld yeah. conversion. It's a little, I, it's I can little, agree with that. A little plain, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, it works for what it is, but I wouldn't want like the mainline Pokemon game to look like that. Yeah, don't get me wrong. This game's going to probably have a Metacritic average of like 9.5 or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's... I picked that. I picked that, didn't I? Probably. That was like my one like late late year pick. Yeah, that was a game that actually came through for you. Yeah, that was kind of dicey because it wasn't confirmed yet, but it was yeah. like it was what it, it had to. It yeah, had to happen. I've said that about a lot of games in our fantasy traps. <laughs> it's never worked out yeah, but for what, me. But when I say it, it's right. Yeah, for some reason, it always is. Um, and then I have a few sleeper picks from Gamescom that I think you guys should keep an eye on. Uh, not gigantic stuff, but just kind of stuff that's been slipping under the radar that's caught my eye over the last few months. The first one is a game called Boundary. Have you heard about this game, Matt? No. So it's being developed in China. It is a PlayStation 4 exclusive right now, I believe, but I don't think it's going to stay that way. Or maybe it is announced for PC already. Uh, but it is a first-person shooter set entirely in outer space with zero gravity. Hmm. So remember those moments from Call of Duty Infinite Warfare where you were out in zero-G shooting? Yeah. This whole shooter is set in outer space. And it's like a competitive shooter where you play against other players, and it's all in zero gravity. Um, I cannot think of a more unique take on a first-person shooter other than Boneworks, which is that crazy VR shooter that they're working on. Um, But, you know, first-person shooters have got pretty stale over the last, like, decade or so. So it's good to see a developer trying something new. Uh, just the physics alone, the movement physics in this game make it completely different. If you really watch this trailer all the way to the end, you'll see people that get bumped in the wrong direction and fly like all the way into infinity hmm. and like away from the battlefield. But you can lock onto them with weapons like while they're in your field of combat. And your weapon trail that locks on will follow them all the way like into infinity. It's just a completely different way to play a first-person shooter. Um, And it's really been getting zero hype or zero attention, and I just wanted to kind of take a moment to draw some attention to it. Maybe you can go to his game page on Sifted and follow it. They're not putting out media for this every day, so you're not going to get inundated if you follow the game. It's like one trailer every once in a Mm -hmm. while. It's also good to see a studio from China doing something really cool. Uh, A lot of the stuff from China, first of all, it's almost always PS4-exclusive stuff. Yeah, Vincent says it's uh, confirmed for PS4 and PC. Okay. Xbox version tentatively planned. Okay. Which means if it sells well, it'll come out right. for Xbox. <clears throat> but to me, the game looks awesome. I'm a big fan of first-person shooters. I'm always looking for something different, and that game to me absolutely represents that. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, another game, and we don't have any footage for this yet, uh, Back for Blood. The spiritual successor to Left for Dead. Mm. I'm guessing we're going to get at least the first trailer of that at Gamescom. Um, I would Who's even, making that? Um, it's like a new studio that's made up of guys um. who worked on Left for Dead. Uh, and I'm guessing we'll get the first footage of that. I wouldn't even be surprised if we get like a full-on demo because it is kind of an indie game. It's not being ruled by a publisher. So mm. a lot of times with games like that, it's like, oh, maybe we'll get a trailer. No, you end up getting like two hours of like gameplay. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens uh, for Back for Blood. 
And then the last game I want to bring up as a sleeper for Gamescom is a game called Game Deck. And this was just announced <clears throat> in the last week. It is cyberpunk, obviously. Mm-hmm. It is a cyberpunk isometric action RPG where you play as video game police. <laughs> so in the future... Oh, right. Game detective or something. Like yeah. That's what the title means. Yeah. yeah. And so in the future, like it's you know, people are going to be living their lives online as much as they're offline, and there are going to be crimes committed in these virtual spaces and in game deck, you're the investigator who has to investigate people like using like aimbots and hmm. cheat codes and stuff like that. It's it definitely breaks the fourth wall. And it's definitely the most unique isometric action RPG that's been announced in the last like 20 years. It's kind of a shame that the title was taken because this would be the game you would want to call Watch Dogs. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it would be perfect for that. But the game looks cool. I mean, look, check out the trailer when we have mm-hmm. when you have some time. Um, the game looks great on a technical level. The concept is certainly unique. We'll see if the story ends up being like ham-fisted and corny or not. Probably mm-hmm. will. Uh, but it is that'll some- be better than Ready Player One. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I had a conversation with someone about Ready Player One the other day. Uh, oh, it was on um, today's high score, and uh, I didn't hate it. Like I thought it was good, not great. Well, the but movie, yeah, movie fixes a lot of the worst parts of the book. The I've book, never read the book. The book is the worst thing I've ever read. Yeah, I've heard that from a the lot. The book of people. is, I mean, literally one of the worst things I have ever read. I've heard that from a lot of people, um, yeah. and not just because one of the chapters is literally ten pages listing brands. Yeah, just listing. Th- there's no other anything to it. That's all it is? It's just a list of brand. It's just a list of 80s things. That's it. There's no, (laughs) there's no like theme being driven home. There's no like commentary on it. It's just a list of things. You should hear the audio, but Will uh, Will Wheaton reads the audio book and it's like 10 minutes of him just saying titles of things. (laughs) What? Like it must have taken him all day. Wow. Just to read I don't know how many breaks I would need if I was trying to just read that and not, and not just turn into a, a, just a droning... Captain I mean, Crunch. I mean, props to him for pulling that off. But Kool-Aid. Like, but yeah, it is terrible. And <laughs> But like the movie fixes a lot of the issues of like Wade being a terrible person. I mean, he's still kind of a terrible person, but he's not much better than he was he's in the book. He's more of a douchebag in the movie. Yeah, and in the, in, the, in, the, in the book, he's awful. Like he's and like there's a way to read the book like a satire, like where it's not endorsing that behavior, but I don't think it's intended that way. It's sort of like the reverse of Starship Troopers where people saw that movie and were like, Oh, it was stupid and it was I'm like no, it's supposed to, it's a satire, it's supposed to be but I don't think the book is like that. But I think Spielberg gets that a little more and he puts sort of a little more awareness into it. So uh I still don't like the movie very much, but it's light years better than the book. All right, so there you go. That's Gamescom 2019. Guaranteed the biggest game Gamescom preview you're going to see this week leading up to the <laughs> show. As I said, next Monday, Jeff Keighley's big unveiling event uh, is going down, and then the show kicks off proper the next day. Uh, we will have coverage on Sifted. We will have a hub for all the content. As always, the only place you can go for big conventions to sort all the content, the mountains of content, by over 60 different categories only at sifted.net. All right, let's move on to our next topic. I think that is the longest we've ever went on Game Face before moving to the second topic. Yeah, it's a long topic. I mean, so, sometimes, <laughs> you, a lot of times because you break, 
you break each company in something like E3 into its own topic. Right. Yeah. Whereas like this was just its own thing. But yeah, Gamescom's pretty big this year. Yep. And for next it's, week's and show, been getting bigger every year for several years. But yeah. And for and for next week's show, we'll be going over all the announcements that were made uh, the day before. So we'll be back on Gamescom next week. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about something to me that seems crazy, and that is that Take Two went to sent private investigators to the house of a YouTuber who had been leaking information about Borderlands and Borderlands Three. Um, they, it's, it's interesting because they really had no idea where he was getting the information from. They literally thought that he knew somebody inside the company and that someone inside the company was leaking information. So they send these investigators to this kid's house. I mean, he's like in his early twenties, the investigators get there. He's completely intimidated. He's like, what the heck is going on? And he sits there and like tells them stuff. He didn't have to. He could have just turned around mm-hmm. and said, get off my property and walked in. But he was like caught out of sorts, caught off guard, intimidated. And he stood there and talked to the peop- the investigators from 2K Games. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of anything like this? Like in the game industry? Yeah. No. Where a video game publisher sends investigators to a gamer's house. No, that's a new one on me. This is insane. Take two is a bunch of dicks. They really are. <laughs> I mean, we knew that, but wow. And then the crazy part, really, about the whole thing is that he had no source. He was just making it up? No, he wasn't making it up either. He so, was just, like, deducting. Take two screwed up. Oh, what? So they put out a trailer for Borderlands 3 <clears throat> where it had these URLs in it that looked like they were just a bunch of gibberish. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, they weren't gibberish. They were real Twitch channels. So this guy, this is all he does. He just runs a Borderlands YouTube channel. He's done it for, like, I think he said he launched it in 2014 or 2015. And he's covered all the Borderlands stuff. Like It's amazing that someone could remain that focused on Borderlands for five years. It's insane. But you know what? He was good at it because he was good at digging stuff up about the franchise and obviously fans of the franchise recognized it and were Mm -hmm. like, dang, this guy gets all the info first. We don't know how he's getting it, but somehow he's getting it. So, as it turns out, how he was getting this stuff was mistakes by take two. So, they put out that trailer with the URL in it that looked like it was a, a bunch of gibberish. It wasn't. He went to the Twitch channel and found an archived video of Borderlands 3 that Mm. had all this unannounced stuff in it. He watches the video. He then looks for related channels on Twitch, finds channels related to that channel on Twitch, and finds more stuff, and then just reports it. Hmm. That's it. Wow. And Take-Two was too stupid. Its investigators were too stupid to figure out on their own that this guy had actually used completely legitimate investigative practices to uncover all this information. So Take-Two, and this sucks. I'm sure there was a meeting with whoever put that trailer together. Probably. Take-Two, and this sucks, like issued like seven copyright strikes to him. Discord like cut his channel like, he went through all this crap, and no one cared. After they found out that he wasn't, like, doing anything illegal or sneaky, he still had the copyright strikes on YouTube. Take-Two will not mm. go back and admit that it's screwed up. 
So this kid, it was his whole livelihood running his Borderlands channel on YouTube. They took his livelihood away. They took his Discord channel away from him. All for nothing. Well. How do you combat that? You don't. I mean, don't buy Borderlands 3, I guess. I mean, you could take him to court and you'd win, but... But you not, have to have the money to do that. You have to have the money to do it, and you're not going to get that money back yeah. either. It's Well, not, you, you would if you won, because you, you factor in legal costs, legal costs as part of the settlement. Um, it's a huge risk, though. It is, but, like, you, I mean, if you can find, like, a, a lawyer to take the case pro bono, like, that would work. I mean, there's probably a, some legal firm out there somewhere that would be like, oh, we can win this, I, I assure you. Oh, you know what? I want to um, bring up the guy's name, too. I want to spe- specifically mention him, because if any of you guys are Borderlands fans, go follow his channel and help him out. His name is Matt Supmato Summers, and I think his channel is S-U-P-M-A-T-T-O. So if any of you guys are Borderlands fans, this is a call, call to action for you to go support this guy because he got shafted over nothing, over yep. doing – I mean, that's good journalism, what he did. Like, he he outsmarted the mainstream press. We all could have done this. We all could have seen that URL and been like, oh, we all did probably, and we're just like, oh, that's a junk URL. He mm-hmm. didn't. He was dedicated enough to go and check it out, and it, it paid off initially, but now he's being punished for it. Like – it's really disturbing to me that a journalist doing his job can just be sabotaged because a company has a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, the solution there for Take Two is once you find out that's what happened, you take those videos down on your your URLs and your whatever these Twitch things are. You find out who put those there and who put that URL in the trailer. And you fire them. And, yeah, you, you, those people get punished and you back off the kid. And then you hire the kid. Well, yeah, also that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he loves your franchise and knows more about it than almost anyone. Like, he's who you want yeah. as your community and that's like, manager. And that's like the best how I became a community manager story you could ask for. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm aghast at this story. It's awful. It just shows how power and money can shut down the truth. Like, and look, it's games, so it seems very flimsy and inconsequential, mm-hmm. but... This is what's happening in games. It's happening in all these other industries, too. It just shows you how power and money can shut down things that power and money don't want. Well, it helps that, you know, Take-Two owns Borderlands. Take-Two owns all the stuff he's reporting on. Like, you know, and they, they, they're going to see from a legal perspective, like, well, you have no right to, even if you found those things, we still own that information, so we're going to come at you for that. Um, which is not good public relations, like, but at the same time, like these days, it seems like stuff like that just doesn't really make the impact it once did. We're so we're kind of we're kind of immune to companies making horrible decisions and doing horrible things to people and getting away with it. Getting away with it, yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't really see any recourse on this one for this kid. But best you can do, I guess, is go uh, watch his stuff and help him how you can. Well, I think what bothers it doesn't me doesn't seem most, like Take Two or Twitch are going to do him any favors. See, what bothers me the most about the whole thing is how YouTube and Discord reacted to it. Was it YouTube? It was yeah, his channel? it was YouTube. Okay. So he got one of the copyright strikes wiped. He doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. You, and YouTube didn't explain whether it was because uh, they deemed that it was a, a bullcrap strike in the first place or if Take Two rescinded it, but he still has all the others. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to why YouTube does anything like that. Like, no, that's true. I just did a survey even, on YouTube, and I just lambasted YouTube. Well, also even talk to people, you know, I've talked to people who literally make their living on it, like, are very, you know, high-level people whose names you would recognize. Yeah. And they're like, we have no idea. 
Like we have no idea why the algorithm does this or why this happens or why this gets related to this or you know why I got a copyright strike on this but I didn't get it on this. Like there, I know I know someone who got a copyright strike because they hummed a Star Wars theme. Wow. Like it still picked up the Star Wars wow. theme on there and he sings really sings got, on key. Got struck <laughs> struck for like having that on there and they're like wow. no that was just something I said and like it's crazy. Like it's it's there's no human there's no human mind behind any yeah, of it. Yeah, they, they asked the wrong person to answer their survey, let me tell you, man. <laughs> I laid into them because, I mean, I've been dealing with this crap for so long, like, and they only gave you, like, 800 characters or whatever. Yeah, we're a long way out from the Google's don't be evil phase. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. And that's what disappointed me. Not it, YouTube didn't surprise me. It disappointed me, but it didn't surprise me. Discord pissed me off. That seems weird. I'm like, okay, you're the young startup that was built by people like mm. us, and you're turning your back on us for some because you for know take two. Well, you know why? It's because they need to make money someday, mm. and they want to make sure that when that time comes, that they have take two on board and they can generate revenue from take two. Money run ruins and runs mm. everything. Well, also because if take two decides like they're going to go scorched earth, they shut down all the GTA stuff, right? And like if you can't have gta on your platform as as a topic you're kind of screwed i mean the truth be told is because it's their ip they control everything mm -hmm. so they can't honestly they can't do anything about him sitting there and talking about the game if he runs any footage of that game then mm -hmm. he opens himself up if he just wants to sit there on camera or come here and record something he's fine they can't do anything legally the fact that these companies acquiesce to take two when clearly take two is in the wrong here that really gets me burning man that really bothers me so discord you know i had a lot it's weird how brands build this this uh, loyalty. That, okay that makes sense what uh bunko in the chat says that Setmato's youtube channel allegedly offered access to a private discord channel that included further borderlands 3 leaked information in exchange for a five dollar membership that's what got it shut down is the fact that he was trading the information for money um, I don't know. The story that I read doesn't mention any of that. Maybe that's come out mm -hmm. in the last day. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the story right now. I've read it like 10 times. It's not mentioned in that story mm -hmm. at all that he did that. Well, I'm sure there's multiple things coming out about it now. But if that was happening, then that is a thing that would probably cause Discord to shut that down. Yeah. At least until they figured out what was happening. So he was with Discord specifically. He had opened up a private channel on Discord. Yeah, like if you subscribe for like five bucks or on Patreon, you get to come into my Discord, you get the Discord channel info, and we have more info on Borderlands 3, 3 in there. Interesting. So that indeed would, I can... S but that's still not illegal. Uh, I believe it is, actually, because he doesn't own that information. It's an IP control thing. It would be a hard thing to prove in court, but it is something that they can go for, and all these companies like, like Discord, and they're all so hypersensitive. Risk averse. The risk averse, hypersensitive to yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah, that, that goes further to I really don't think there's me. anything wrong with that. If he has information that, the, the, the issue is how did he get the information? Mm -hmm. If he got the information in an illegal way, then absolutely selling that information, illegal. If he got the information because he was doing a good job as a journalist or a sleuth, there's nothing illegal about selling that right, information. Right, but I'll bet your you, information. Right, but I'll bet you that Take Two went to Discord and said this guy illicitly got this information and oh, they could have been completely de deceptive. And Discord's about it. reaction to that is going to be to instantly shut stuff down because if Take Two comes after Discord, Discord's not going to fight that fight because Discord is not the size of Take Two. Discord's pretty big though, man. They it got is, a but lot it's, but, of funding now. 
But you'd be surprised how fast that can disappear oh, if you fold. get in trouble with the people it, that make GTA. It goes back to what I was saying. They want Take-Two's money. They want to mm-hmm. work on marketing deals with Take-Two. They want to They want to be the ones who host official chats yeah. for Take-Two's games. I mean, games. this also goes some way towards the whole idea of like kind of how the, you know, the the, the people who make their living uh, you know, making videos or making Twitch streams about video games, especially specific brands of video games like your livelihood is at the mercy of these companies. Oh, yeah. Like, they can always just come for you and decide to shut that all down. Yeah, and the platforms will always side with them. With them, yeah. Always. It's a scary way to have to make a yeah. living if you think about it. Or like, or film YouTube. You know, people that do film essays on YouTube. Anytime those studios could come crack down on you because, you know, Warner Brothers decided they didn't like you. You made a whole video about how Suicide Squad is terrible. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter that you're right. It matters that it's their footage. Yeah. And you can, you know, there's That's a That's how you have to... And everyone puts, yourself, the thi- well, everyone puts the thing. Well, everyone puts the thing. It's editorial. You know, it's editorial commentary. It's a transformative work because it's a, it's a, it's criticism. You know, you can't. You know, that counts as free speech. But you know, it counts as free speech. It counts as you know, transformative work and it's fair use. But if a, you know, a major company decides to come at you about that, you have to prove it's fair use in court, and most people can't afford to do that. Yep. So it doesn't matter that you're right. All that matters is they're more powerful. Right, which is going back to my original right. point, which is when you're powerful and you have money, you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened to this poor guy. So, I mean, most of the time you're just not worth noticing. Like individual people that do that are not worth noticing and trying to do like a sweeping, like we're going to shut down, like if Take-Two tried to shut down everyone who talks about Borderlands on the internet, that would be a big deal. But if you take out one person it's going to be hard to kind of get that word out and make people care. I mean, this guy did have big stuff. Like I could see where take two at first was like, wait a minute, how's he getting this stuff? Mm -hmm. Like he knew about the four characters before they announced him. He knew about radiated weapons, like all this very specific stuff. So I could see where well, also, knee-jerk like, I, reaction is, oh, my God, like, where did he get this stuff? Certainly He's, my first, as they're from, in their shoes, my first reaction would be, like, he must know someone right. who's telling him this yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, you do want to investigate that. But then, like, from his perspective as well, like, I would guess he thought that all this was intentional. Because if the URL like, yeah, right. URLs in the video, it, feel, it feels like one of those ARG, like, scavenger hunt things where, like, oh, well, I'm the only one who found it, so I get to talk about it. And I'm sure he thought that that was the plan. The really sad part about it... Because why else would it be in official media, right? You're right. You would think it was like some AR campaign. Right. Like they've done with Halo. If I was in his position, that's absolutely what I would think. Like, oh, I'm the one who found this. So I I better like hit this while I can because other people are going to figure it out eventually too. And the sad part about it all is by the end of the whole thing, he had folded. He's like, I feel bad that I did... Like they had convinced him that That he he was was in the wrong. Like it's just... Ugh. It sucks. It's crazy, but, you know, he's like a 21. He loves Borderlands. He loves Gearbox. He loves Take-Two. So when they come to him and they're like, you've been naughty. We don't like you. He's like, oh, my God, they don't like me. I love them. Like, it just, the whole thing is just crap. So anyway, go see. time for Randy Pitchford to step in. (laughs) Yeah, that's when it gets really crap. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, go support Matt Matto Summers on YouTube if you're into Borderlands. Obviously, he's a pretty good sleuth, and he's digging up stuff. And I hope he continues to do it. And if he's afraid to do it with Take Two, he should switch to somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> find another game. I find guess. a poorer publisher, maybe. I don't know. But mad props to you, man. I have a lot of respect for what you did. You did a really great job. I wish you had kind of held your ground a little more. It's hard to hold your ground when you're. It you is. Got, 
You got yeah. PIs in your face, like throwing like legal bullshit at you, jargon at you that you don't understand. Yeah. You don't have a, you don't have a lawyer, and you probably you have a can't lawyer, afford you can't, one. You can't afford to fight that, and you just you know yeah. you, you know you're going to end up with a public defender. And yeah, I feel bad for the guy, but I'm proud of the work. I mean, that's that why they did. use those taxes because it works. Yeah, most people don't know they have those. That's r- all they had rights. to do. Yeah, they had to pay a couple lackeys to go down in suits and show I mean, up at they, his door. They, I mean, they're not police. They don't have a warrant. There's, he doesn't have to talk to them at all. Yep, don't even have to open the door. Yep. All right, so it's time to move on to our next topic. Um, we we had a crazy discussion about guns and video games on today's High Score this past week. You should definitely go check it out. It's every Saturday. Didn't even get to the other topics, I heard. I'm not real. I had like seven topics ready, and we got to two. Mm. Like, I had to call the guns and games part at a certain point. The calls just kept coming, but I was like, we got to stop. Like, it was like an hour and a half conversation. Uh, but uh, today's high score is live right here on twitch.tv slash siftedgames on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Pacific. This past episode, we talked about games and guns. The discussion was great. Uh, we had people on both sides. Everyone was very respectful. The conversation is awesome. I highly recommend going and checking out the archive. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that again here on Game Face because we already did that on today's high score. But there is kind of a splinter part of it that we want to discuss, and that is the fact that... ESPN, after the mass shootings, decided to pull from air an esports competition um, for Apex Legends. And I wanted to talk with you about, because I'll be honest with you, I'm really torn on this, on whether it was the right call or not. For, and, first off, and I'm a little shocked worked, that Apex Legends was going to be on ESPN, yeah. too. Well, I mean, esports are going, like, everywhere. Yeah, now. I just hadn't heard anything about Apex Legends in a while. But as someone who also worked in television for a long time, I wanted to talk this out with you, because mm. we're, we're, we're in the position where we've been on both sides of this. And as someone who's who is in that position, I really had problems figuring out what I would have done if I was the person who had to make this call. So... What would you have done, Matt, if you were if you were the, put in the position of do we have this tournament or do mm-hmm. we pull it off the air? I mean, I don't, honestly, if I were, I mean, if you if someone didn't bring that issue to me, I would never connect real life mass shooting gun violence with an Apex Legends tournament. Like Apex Legends is too fantastical for me to make that connection myself. I mean, there are humans shooting other humans, right? But like. And look, we we know obviously our stance. Like, would on, you not run Die Hard? Right. I mean, that's. I mean, we understand that, right. but still, you 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 can't. When you're in that position, you can't just do what you know is right. You have to do what's going to be viewed as correct by the largest amount of people. Right. But the thing, like with this, is like, I feel like. More people now know that an Apex Legends tournament was going to air on ESPN2 than would have known if it had aired. That's true. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I have a very hard time seeing anyone. I'm look. I'm not crying. Complaining about I'm not it. Crying for for the publisher here. Like right. But I have I have a hard time seeing anyone having like complained about it if they did run it. Like if you're gonna cancel anything with like shooting in it, esports wise, every time a shooting happens, like you're never gonna air any esports things. Yeah, the um, rate things are going right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously these shootings uh, sparked uh, more concern than average for whatever reason. Because there was two in one day. Two in one day. Um, I mean, it's, that's happened before, too. But I mean, not of this magnitude. Yeah, it's uh, it's like I understand why they did it. I understand why that's a reaction you have to, like, you know, uh, gun violence. Maybe you don't want to, like, show gun violence as kind of a sport sort of thing. Um like, I would ask if they canceled, like, any, like, biathlons, but I figure that's not happening in August. Well, first really. of all, they're not showing biathlons right. on ESPN, which is pretty impressive when you think about it. They won't yeah. show a biathlon, but they'll show 
esports. Yeah, well, biathlons aren't throwing money at them. Yeah, that's true. If you see esports in one of these things, because they pay, the, they paid, they paid to put them on. Yeah. Um, Another reason why it's why they go away so quickly. It's also the other reason why esports is just struggling to get to make right. money. It's because to get on on air, you have to spend gobs of cash. Yeah, spend money that then you never see again. Yep. Um, so I also like I feel like because of that, the nature of that, like maybe part of this was EA's choice, not just ESPN's choice. Um, also, ESPN is owned by Disney, um, and I know firsthand that when something like this happens, Disney shuts down all their PR and all their stuff relating to anything like that. I did a Star Wars show once with them, uh, and the uh, the day before it aired was the Paris attacks, and that means that they just go dark on promotion and and anything, especially involving something. I mean, Star Wars, as Wars in the title is just a lot of shooting. You know, it's a lot of violence in it. Um, and so, like, they just didn't promote it, and no one saw it. Uh, they didn't pull it, but they also didn't push it. Um, in the case of this, like, like I get it. I probably wouldn't pull it, but then I have a higher, like, sense of, like, separating kind of, you know, the real-world stuff from the, the fantasy stuff. Like, if it was, a, like, a Call of Duty tournament, I might feel differently, or, like, a Counter-Strike tournament. Like where it was like really just more like a Rainbow Six thing. It was more like a like a real life weapons and and kind of situation thing. But this where people just flying through the air with jetpacks and shooting poison magic powers at each other. So I guess it's a borderline case to me. I, I just it, it, I'm having problems. <clears throat> excuse me, rectifying going either direction with my prior stances on things. So we obviously we showed the chart on here that just makes it blatantly obvious that games have nothing to do with mass shootings. Um, and so that's what I believe, that they have no impact on it whatsoever. This, It's the same line. You know, everyone mm. in the world's playing video games. We're the only one who has a problem with mass shootings. So if you believe that, and I do, th- that, you know, mass shootings are more of a problem with gun culture in our society and mental health than it is video games, then... It's hard for me to pull that, no matter what is being shot in those games, mm. because to pull it is you saying, well, maybe this is desensitizing people to violence, or maybe this is glorified. I don't think it necessarily is that. Like, if you're pull, like, like remember when 9/11 happened and um, Sega canceled uh, Propeller Arena because oh, right. you could run ram into build as a plain multiplayer shooter, and you could ram into buildings and the buildings would fall over. And, like, that was, like, sort of part of the obstacle of of the gameplay was if you hit a building, you would, like, die, but, like, then the building would maybe collapse and that would not be an obstacle to other players. Right. It was just, like, a dynamic thing. But they pulled it, they decided to cancel it after 9-11 because, duh. Yeah. Um, but, like, they didn't cancel it because they were afraid people would fly more planes into buildings. They canceled it because they didn't want to remind people who were upset about that incident about it while they're trying to watch something that was supposed to be entertainment or play something that was supposed to be entertainment. So from the angle that like I don't we don't want to show like a, a gun battle competition while this situation and, and this violence is, is fresh in people's minds, like that is probably the thinking they're going with, I would think. Which I understand. Like um I mean for me the solution to that would just don't watch the show. But like 
I understand why you don't want the bad press of airing it anyway, because then you could be accused of being callous about it. Like, see, I, I viewed it with them like I don't think it. I don't think it's related to the to the the video game violence causes real violence thing. I don't think ESPN was afraid they were going to inspire another shooting. No, 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 that's not what I was getting at. What I was getting at is they are supporting the people who believe that. Like, th- so you have. I'm guessing, like most people, probably people were split 50-50 on whether they should air this or not. I was right down the middle. It was hard. But to me, pulling it is you saying to the people who say video games are causing this stuff, you may be right. I don't see that. that I mean, I, I definitely see how you Thus could, the you, lower third. Confession. I definitely see how you could interpret it that way, but I don't think that's why they did it or what they're saying. I think what they're saying is this subject matter is maybe not appropriate right now because of what's on everyone's minds related to that. And I but can did HBO that. go and pull all the movies and TV shows with guns in them? Did all no. the networks go and pull all that stuff? No, I mean but you're basically saying like video games are different. They actually may have something. Well, to do video with games this stuff. are different because there's no other content like that on ESPN. There's no other gun content on ESPN. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. Like that's that's the, the the X factor here. I think is that ESPN doesn't normally air violence. I mean, other than sports i mean obviously <laughs> other than nfl other football, football obviously is violent but like you know yeah they don't actually show hockey so you have to worry about that one but i mean if, if there was this you know if we were talking about like mutant league where you can like grab the starter pistol and cause some damage that way then maybe it would be different but like yeah this is unusual content for them would be i think part of the problem is like you know if you're if so you're you if, if were... you're hbo and you're airing r-rated like you know you know violent like death wish movies all the time like that's different it's just sort of what people expect to see on there but i can see why espn would say like well people don't expect to turn on espn and see people shooting each other and that could be an issue well it's fake um, people it's not real right. people. Yeah, but like, but like, I I understand where they're coming. I mean, especially because like people that expect to to tune into what they're tuning into on ESPN, even when it was like fighting games and stuff, when they'd air Evo, like there would be crazy like violent responses on Twitter about oh, what yeah. the fuck am I watching? So Why funny. is this bullshit? Yeah. And then like some of them over the like a course of an hour, like this is pretty awesome. Yeah, I like, kind of like this. Like it won some people <laughs> over the course of the time after that. Where they complained for like thirty minutes, they're like. Wow, that was a good match. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, oh, we got you. We He's got you. to figure it out. Um, but I can. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can see if you're a like an executive or a program, you know, VP of programming for ESPN, and your ass is on the line in that meeting, and you're trying to make that decision, and you're thinking about the reaction someone would have if they're expecting to tune in to see like basketball and they see this and they've just been thinking about shootings for a whole week, and then this is what's there, and then they freak out. Like, would you have pulled it? Um. I mean, I would have probably liked to have seen more data. I'm sure they have internal data on some stuff that maybe makes more sense. But, like, my instinct would not have been to pull it. But I could have allowed myself to be convinced to pull it, depending on who else was arguing for it in the room. Like your boss arguing to yeah. pull it. <laughs> or just other people with, like, you know, ma- making that same point. Like, if, you know, like, I'd be fine taking a vote, you know, who thinks we should just do air on the side of caution and not air the shooting thing. Who thinks we, you know, because like, here's the thing. It's a tough call. Like, it, I'm usually very decisive on things. I mean, I, I still don't know what I would have done. Here's the thing. I don't think it's that tough of a call. Like, I, because I would, I would lean towards airing it just because I like video games and understand video games and, and like esports stuff. Not that I watch a lot of it, but I, you know, I, I understand it. I don't see it as a danger or a, or a harm if I, if I tuned into ESPN and saw that people shooting each other in a video game, I would not think, like, oh my God, what's this doing? I would just be like, oh, they're airing esports. Okay. Um, but like I could be compelled, I could be compelled by you know other voices in the room to say like we should do this in part because if you don't air it, what do you lose? Nothing. No money, one money. 
Very little. I mean, in comparison, but it on how much EA gave them. Yeah, for, but like probably not as much as say almost anything else they air. Well, if you could, but if like, you lose one advertiser over it, it's not worth it. But yeah, and I don't think you are. And losing you probably an would. Well, if you ran the esports tournament, I bet you would lose some advertisers. That could be, yeah. That could. That's what I mean. There I, would be some. See, I thought you meant losing advertiser on social media that would. See, I, no, I, I thought you meant. Campaign. I thought you meant losing advertiser because you didn't air it. No, no. And no. I don't think anyone would do. You just run their ads on whatever else. Yeah, you yeah. Air. I'm saying if you ran it, yeah, you might so, lose. So that's what I'm saying is like. In that case, the it's down, not worth that's it. That's what I mean. Is like I could be compelled to to see to to pull it in the sense that like the downside of the worst case scenario if you air it is far worse than the worst case scenario if you don't air it. Like, yeah. if you, like what what do you what do you lose if you don't air it? Like EA's maybe a little upset with you, but they certainly can't say that publicly because then they look like the asshole right. for they wanting to. They can't do anything yeah. about it. Yeah, and like and you know and like it's not like EA. You have the cards because you're ESPN. Like EA's going to come back to you again to air this some other time or the next one or whatever. Well, they want to work with you on Madden or right. whatever. Uh, so what do you lose if you do that? You you don't air this one thing. Maybe this this one deal doesn't go through, but it's basically peanuts compared to what ESPN makes on its other, you know, the big you know major sports. Whereas if you do air it, the worst case scenario is everybody freaks out and somebody boycotts your channel and gun gun control people lobby against you now and you're the enemy. Like the like, whole concept. Of I mean, that's to shut it was ridiculous. It would be ridiculous if that happened. But like as a corporate entity, you have to take that into account. Oh and, yeah, for sure. And do the safest thing because it's not your money; it's the shareholders. It's crazy though to think about it. I mean, okay, we're going to shut this down on ESPN. Meanwhile, there's there's Apex Legends played on Twitch all over the place, oh, yeah. all over YouTube. It's like, but no, just us. We're gonna, we're not going to let but, people watch it on our outlet. It's well, so I, weird. I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's, it's because that content is not normal ESPN content. Yeah. Twitch, that's exactly what you expect to see on Twitch. Hell, the weird thing on Twitch is when you'd go to Twitch and you see Bob Ross. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, true. Yeah. Happy little trees are the weird part on Twitch. Yeah. Or, I mean, just talk shows. But, like... Um, I, I think it's just it's uh, you know it's part of it's probably ESPN's unfamiliarity with the content and and just not being sure how people would react to it you know that's that's all there is to it um, in their position I would probably you know as someone who understands the content better I would probably be like just go for it just do it but that might just that me it might be a reckless thing considering you know like what the what the absolute worst case scenario could be however unlikely. You know, in that scenario, with that much money at stake and with shareholders there to keep happy, you have to you have to err on the side of caution sometimes. So I mean, I, I would pull it. I'll be honest with you. I think it's the wrong decision for a billion reasons. But if that were my job at ESPN, I would pull it because yeah. I think it's the smart thing to just, do from a corporate standpoint. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's no there's no upside. Yeah, to running it. There's none. I mean, Jesus. You're like, going to run this eSports tournament. I mean, airing this, stuff is, airing this stuff is basically a favor to the game companies. That, yeah. that well, pay they pay for, for it. it. They pay for it, but they don't pay a lot. I yeah. mean, it's not like they're paying NFL money or yeah. something. You know, like, I mean, you'd be shocked, though, at how low the ratings are on like ESPN and ESPN2. Oh, I'm sure ESPN2. I mean, I mean, I watched the Ocho this week. Yeah. <laughs> That's their best week yeah. of the year, the Ocho stuff. Um, so, yeah, if I were in that job at ESPN, I would have pulled a tournament because there's literally, like, zero downside to pulling it from mm -hmm. a business perspective. Yeah. There just isn't. That show's probably going to do a point one. It's going to have maybe 100,000 people watching it if you're lucky. It's like it, – it, mm -hmm. morally, I would have a problem with doing it. But if I wanted to keep my job, I would pull the tournament. Yeah, morally doesn't matter when you're trying to stay employed. Yep, absolutely. I mean, to a certain yeah. level. I mean, yeah, you probably wouldn't, like – kill a dog <laughs> to like to stay employed <laughs> but like you know to just pull a, a true shooter tournament for like the sake of playing it safe big deal yeah 
I guess, I mean, and, the cost benefit analysis still gonna just be on, doesn't work. Is out. it still going to be on Twitch or something? Like, is, I'm sure it was. I'm sure there's no, I'm sure there's another way to see it. It's just so weird that you're so worried about protecting people from seeing something that they go to any other channel, they're going to see it. Mm hmm. That just is weird. I just, I think it probably, if I, w I would guess that the meeting about it came down to like, what is the ESPN? We're a sports brand. network. We're a sports yeah. network. We're not a shooter network. Yeah. Yeah, we aren't NRA TV, and they went out of business anyway. And it so. makes me wonder too now if networks like ESPN and all the other major networks that are working on esports now are going to be like, you know what, this whole thing just really isn't worth it. It's possible. I mean, I would I would have to see more things pulled before I start to see this as a trend. Yeah. Because um, I think this is mainly just due to proximity. You know, it's less than a week. Right. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, So I, what is the moratorium? Like, when when is it okay now for ESPN to start putting esports back on? I don't know. I mean, that comes When is it okay to make it political? Uh, right. Like, I mean, that's know, kind of the point, though. There's never going to be a time where, like, enough space happens between shootings where you can just say, like, oh, now it's all right. That's what I'm saying. Be like, it, it, when you pull the tournament, you're kind of opening Pandora's box. Because mm -hmm. now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, when is it going to be okay? Wait. Yeah. So you're saying all the lives that were lost in those two shootings were worth eight days? Mm -hmm. So... So eight divided by the people killed, that creates our quotient where we, like, it's insane to think about when you really start, like, yeah. debating. Well, I mean, like, it, would be less, the it would be less of a question if uh, eSports was a profitable venture. Yeah. Like, because that really is the crux of it. You hit a point where, like, the downside is just not worth the little bit of money or exposure you get. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it could have an impact, uh, at least for violent, like, shooting-related stuff. I mean, obviously... Um, I mean, I wouldn't be. I mean, Overwatch League probably wouldn't be that as affected by it because it's much more fantasy driven. So, what if it was Overwatch um, League? Would you pull that, or would you? I probably wouldn't. It's just so clearly not real. But like, even I mean, I think part of the issue is like if you look at Apex Legends. While I don't think of it as a very realistic shooter, uh, watching the footage, they're humans. Like, there are well, they're not just humans, but like the guns that are sitting in front of the the camera do look pretty real. Yeah, they look like um, legit guns. Yeah, it's not like Overwatch where you have a pretty good chance of like, or it's just a hand, a like hand over shooting <laughs> balls, or like yeah. a staff shooting lasers, or like you know a mech shooting like you know or a like, troll with a big turret. Yeah, I guess it's. <laughs> It, you're less likely to to see a random clip of Overwatch that reminds you of real real life. Whereas, like, I I, th I think uh, I had forgotten kind of what Apex Legends looks like on a moment to moment yeah. basis in terms of it how real like weapons look yeah. like. So yeah, I can see that. Okay. All right, let's move on to our last topic of this week's episode. We're going to talk. We kind of hinted at it earlier. Matt did. I don't think he even realized that he was foreshadowing a later topic. We're going to talk about Microsoft and how it is approaching its first party, supposedly exclusive games. So this week, uh, I want to make sure I get his name right. Um, Matt Booty. How did I forget that name? I don't know. Matt Booty, the VP of uh, Xbox Game Studios. So basically, he's the guy right underneath Phil Spencer. Mm -hmm. uh, he's basically running all the first party studios along with Phil. Uh, he said in an interview that once Double Fine's game comes out psychonauts 2 it is going multiplayer it's a multi-platform game they're keeping it multi-platform he said that once psychonauts 2 comes out they would not be averse to allowing double fines games to remain multi-platform mm -hmm. um unusual but very uh, unusual but not entirely out of character for the trajectory Microsoft has been on the last several years. Like, I feel like they're way more interested in getting you into their ecosystem than getting you onto their hardware. Yeah, it is, it's just like they're go, they're flying in the face of convention right mm -hmm. now. I mean, 
I think it's just an accepted truth that you use first-party games, so people buy your hardware, so people buy more games, and you make all that money off of licensing fees. But Microsoft doesn't seem to be concerned about generating no. a lot of money off of that. They're more interested in you playing their games. I think they're more interested in you just signing up for Xbox Live. Yeah. That seems to be what has become the crux of Microsoft's business. Somebody asked Pactor in this later... I mean, if you can get Xbox Live on all the major platforms except PlayStation, like, that's a pretty, you know... If the rumors about uh, Switch are true, and like you've got it on PC, you've got it on Xbox, like if you can get them into the into your ecosystem, who cares what they're playing it on? If you can get someone who owns a Nintendo Switch to pay you sixty dollars a year to use your service, mm-hmm. I like, mean, like a, like a Game Pass thing, or like Xbox Live. If well, you I, don't think, a, I don't think you're gonna get that, but I don't know. No. That, well, that doesn't make any sense. So you think just Xbox Live is just going to be on Switch for movies? Uh, I think it would be there for individual purchases, and I think there would be a Game Pass subscription for it. Interesting. Now, that's, that's what they'd be pushing, I think, is game. And maybe probably the Xbox Live features would be included with that. But I think, so the, you, do you think, I think the move to, to, to mush Xbox Live and Xbox Game Pass together that they did this E3 to, to the Ultimate Pass or whatever, I think that is what they're going to be pushing moving forward is the standard on other platforms, hmm. certainly on the Switch. Because that's what we're going to push. It's like, look, you get this instant library you can download. Isn't it weird to have Xbox Live on a platform and not be allowed to use it, and instead you're forced to use this crappy service that Nintendo has? Yeah, but, I mean, why would you do that? Like, I, I, like having someone – the only reason you get someone to pay to play online is by holding that sort of thing hostage as part of the platform. Yeah. Certainly, how Nintendo pulled it off, and certainly how Xbox did it in the original, and you know that's just become standard now. Um, so I think, but I think like, okay, you're already paying twenty bucks a year for whatever crappy thing Nintendo's offering you. Um, I don't see how Nintendo allows you to offer a better service on their same platform with your like. That doesn't make any sense. Why to Nintendo me, that's exactly it. why Nintendo should allow it because <laughs> well, it's a it, better service well, to replace it. You mean? Yeah. Like, to, that would be out of character for for them, but I mean, I, I guess mean, if there's all wanna, kinds of out of character stuff happening right now in the industry. If they don't want to deal with it anymore, I guess I could see that. I, I just think uh, the idea with Xbox Live is more like uh, they don't even call it Xbox Live; they're gonna call it's called Xbox, right? It's called Xbox whatever. Um, and I think Game Pass is gonna be the big push if they can get whatever is on there to work. I mean, I don't know. Like to me, Game Pass is their big play. Getting people to pay for online is sort of old and busted. Um, I don't know about busted. Xbox Live still really good. Oh, it still does, but like, you know, I don't know how. I don't know if you can really worm into the Switch that way. That doesn't. That, I don't. That's. I too- wish they would. Yeah, but how awesome would it be also if you were an Xbox owner and you already had Xbox Live on Xbox and somehow you could get a discount for online on Switch if you're already a member on Xbox. Maybe. I mean, I, I have a feeling that if they did that, it would still cost more than what I'm already paying for Switch. And look, I'm not online, saying that they're is... going to call it Xbox Live. It's mm-hmm. not like you're going to be on your Switch and they're going to be like, here's Xbox Live, pay for it. There's going to be some other name for it. If there's mm-hmm. gonna be, it's going to be painted a different color, but it's going to be the same thing underneath I think the there paint. will still be Xbox branding on it. You though. think it will? Because otherwise, what's the point? 
I just think it's weird if you're Nintendo. It'll be it'll be da 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 presented by Xbox because Nintendo does still care about that old model. It yeah. does still care about first party games that get people to buy the hardware so that people more right, people which have is it why I have a hard money. time believing that they would give up on their own online service and just let Microsoft do it. I think they absolutely would, provided they don't have to say this is Xbox Live. Well, I don't think Microsoft would do it if it doesn't promote Xbox somehow. So you work out some kind of a deal. Nintendo Online is actually Xbox Live now, but mm-hmm. it's still called Nintendo Online. Suddenly you have all these awesome features that you wanted on Nintendo Switch. It's still called Nintendo Online, but on the side, there's this brand new marketplace. It's still not even called Xbox Game Pass. It's just called like Nintendo Game Pass. But Microsoft is the one making all the revenue off of that. I think that could work. I don't think that's going to happen. I think uh, you, Mic- think, you're, you think it's more likely that Microsoft's, Nintendo will have something called Xbox on its platform. I think it will be very minorly branded that way, but it would be something like powered by Xbox or something. In the same way, remember the same way like we're in, you remember Dreamcast was powered by Windows, Windows CE. CE yeah. It'd be something like that because huh. you always, there's no reason to go in that hard for Microsoft without promoting Microsoft somehow. I mean, it's just you're making all the money off of the games from... doesn't X- matter. Their, their, their whole focus right now seems to be getting people into the Xbox e- ecosystem and letting people know that Xbox is not just that piece of hardware you buy. But this it's, is a case a thing. where you are getting them into the ecosystem. You're just not telling them they're in the ecosystem. Yeah, which doesn't do your ecosystem any good. It does. They're paying the money into it. It does the But it the doesn't do you good. any good to keep you into the wider ecosystem and get them to transition into the Xbox world more. But you can't count on doing that if you're going to run your... There, there is no way period in hell that that happens on the switch and it does not have a microsoft branding on it somewhere no microsoft is fine it's xbox it's the problem yeah. i think nintendo would be okay if it's called microsoft cloud gaming whatever mm-hmm. it's xbox because like i said nintendo does still care about that crap but i don't think my i don't think nintendo cares about xbox I and mean, they repeatedly said that that's not their competition uh, they said that about sony and microsoft but you know that's not true i mean it is true Maybe they don't see it that way, but it is true. They don't compete with those systems. They're not the same thing. I think they do. They've got. I don't. They don't. I think they gamers don't. only have so much money, and they're going to buy the console that they want the most. Yeah. Well, and so, then maybe if you're lucky, you buy a second one. Yeah. Well, so far that second one has been Xbox, so I don't think Nintendo's too worried about that. And they've already got the working agreement where they've got Banjo Kazooie back in Smash Brothers. Like, they're copacetic enough that I, th- you know, and Banjo Kazooie is an Xbox character now. I mean, you, you can definitely. Uh, I mean, the last game was for an Xbox platform, but he's absolutely not an Xbox character. Of course he is. No. He's, he's all over the place. Nobody, nobody looks at Banjo and Kazooie and says Microsoft first. They say N64 first. Yeah, Nintendo. I, I think of it as, X, as Xbox because the, uh, every time I've played a Banjo game in the last however many years, it's been on the Xbox. See, I've, including I've only, the old ones. Not for me. I've only ever played one Banjo game on Xbox, and it was a piece of crap. So, well, <laughs> to yes. me, it absolutely is a Nintendo franchise. Well, that's. I mean, not, I think Microsoft. The reality of it. But I think Microsoft agrees. I mean, that's why they put the, those characters in Smash Brothers yeah. because it and we knows. let you use that character, so you're gonna let us put our fucking X logo on the online service. And I wouldn't be surprised either if if. I was going to say when, but really if they ever make another banjo, that it comes out like what they're doing with Double Fine, if it comes out mm-hmm. on Switch. I wouldn't, surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised if when they're talking about Double Fine being multi-platform, they're talking about Switch versions. Oh, I'm sure. Yep, absolutely. I would agree with that as well. And I think Microsoft would be more likely 
to let its games go to Switch because it knows oh, yeah. because it knows they know they're not in competition with each other. I think more importantly, it knows that it's going to be an inferior version on Switch. Whereas with PlayStation, they don't know that. Yeah, like, but it, it doesn't could actually matter. look better running on PlayStation. Whereas they know it's not going to look. Well, as moving good on into Switch. the new systems, yeah, that's an X factor. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Switch looking better apparently doesn't matter to Switch customers. Yeah, I mean, judging by the sales numbers. I mean, Nintendo customers. Let's be honest. I mean, it's been this way for a while. If you're a mm. Nintendo fan, I mean, but this is the first time that like the multi-platform stuff has sold huge on a Nintendo system in, in a, a long, long time. time. Yeah, for sure. Regardless of how inferior it is, um, even Youngblood that happened. I mean, yeah. Youngblood looked worse than any other platform it was on, ran worse than any other platform it was on, and wasn't even in the box. Still sold, yeah. So, I don't. I think that Nintendo and Microsoft, especially since they've clearly been talking to each other, if this Manjo thing was going to happen, um, I think they will. It'd be pretty easy to come to a an agreement of like we are not in competition with one another. We are aiming for different markets, and I still believe that Microsoft is pulling away from the hardware idea. Like if if Microsoft could get to the point where Xbox was just an, an, an ecosystem, a software ecosystem that you, you know, like a Steam kind of thing, they would absolutely do that. Oh, I agree they with cross you. Cross platform. I agree with you thousand They would do that. And so I, I think, think Nintendo's the only one that's Nintendo's still the only one still married to the hardware loop. thing, for yeah, sure. For sure. I mean, Sony's going to keep doing it because they don't have any other options. They have to, yeah. Um, but they do have options internally. I mean, Pactor always talks about putting building it into TVs and stuff like that. I feel like that is probably not the way you move forward with like a PlayStation 6 because you. I don't know about that. I ain't buying a new TV every time I need a new system. I mean, that's way more than a games console. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. When it's brand new, most you're talking about a $4,000 television. Yeah, but most people to do buy, buy a new system. TVs like once every seven, eight years, something but like that. But not full price and not new ones. Like if yeah. you're, you're going to release the PlayStation 6 as part of a TV hardware thing, you're talking about a $5,000, $4,000 TV, and I'm not going to buy that every five years. Well, it depends on how nice the TV is. Remember, Sony made those TVs that were for the PlayStation 3, those 3D TVs. The 3D ones, yeah. And they made them, like, dirt cheap because they knew if they tried to make an expensive TV for that, it wasn't going to work. Right, but I don't want to play it on that stupid little TV. I want to play on my 65-inch 4K or by then 8K probably. You do, yeah. but not necessarily everybody Well, else. then what do I do? Well, they also make the crazy $5,000 version for you. But I don't want that. I want to pay $500 and get a console. Those days are going away, Matt. I don't think they are. I think they are. I mean, people keep saying it. I've been saying it for two generations. It hasn't happened. I'll believe it when I see it. No, they haven't been saying it for two generations. Of course they have. That's like the last 18 months. No, people were saying that consoles are dead when the launch of this new generation. They're saying, like, PlayStation 4 has got no chance. Like, it's, you know, it's all going to. Look look at how people are reacting to the Xbox thing. That's different. They were saying that they just thought the console market was dead. They weren't saying that it was going to be replaced with this other way to do it. Well, that's not a viable other way to do it, considering the cost of what it's going to be for like, you it's not for, for other anyone no one wants to spend five grand for a new console like that's but not you don't happen. have to like you buy a cheaper tv with it built in and it's not people gonna be... have tvs they have tvs they like they don't want to replace yeah. it with a tiny tv they're not going to be just built into tvs either they'll be built into pretty much everything i mean you can fight against the future all you want but it's going to happen i need no to see what. evidence of that being the future before i fight against because right now it just sounds like nonsense because you want it to be nonsense no because it is nonsense right now i'll believe it when i see it same thing with the stadia thing i'll believe it when it works yeah i think stadia is going to work um i mean i'm sh- it functions i'm sure but in terms of like providing some kind of service that someone outside of china cares about because i think that's where it's aiming for yeah. is is the market where you can because why haven't they gone into China? Why hasn't all the console manufacturers, all the big big publishers, gone into China? Um, it's hard to penetrate that market. 
especially with hardware. It's also very hard to get in there without bootlegging and piracy being IP a problem. Theft, yeah. And now, no hardware, just a service you pay for. Use any controller you already own. Any any TV screen, boom, you've got a 200 million person market open to you for the first time. And you're charging full price for the games. Yeah. All the third-party publishers are on board. And you don't have to give them anything. I mean, you got to realize that proposition works everywhere, not just China. No, I think it works in China in part Especially because their infrastructure in China, is better. But, but that, that proposition is not going to work as well in a, in a market like North America or Europe where we are used to getting something for our money. Like the fact that you pay 60 bucks for the new Assassin's Creed, but if Stadia shuts down, you lose that forever? Non-starter. I'm with you 100%, bro. But I'm telling you, these kids and the millennials do not give a crap about oh, any Oh, they of give that. a fuck about whether their game goes away if the if the service shuts down. Shuts down. I, I don't even know you. if they care about that all that much, yes, man. Yes, they do. Like, they just like everything, like... Well, they don't throw their money away like that. They can't. They don't have the money to throw away. Yeah. Like, they're not going to do that if they don't get anything they're in not, return. Uh, well, they're point, already sus- suspect of the digital world, and you can re-download that stuff anytime. My point is that they're not worried about collecting crap like I'm are. not talking about collecting crap. I'm getting talking about getting something concrete for your money. I'm not yeah. collecting crap when I buy something digitally, but I can always download. If Steam went away tomorrow... I could, I mean, not because my internet connection is not fast enough to download like that many games, but I could download and install every game I had yeah, on Steam, obviously. and it would all work after Steam shut down. Not true of Stadia. That's their that's their weakness in the West. They can fix that pretty easily, though. Well, they'd have to sell you hardware for that, and then that defeats the purpose of Stadia. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They could just give you the PC version of the game. Yeah, but then you have to have a PC. You still have the code, technically, though. Yeah, but that's a that's a thing Google left to invent. And why would Google do that unless they're going to shut down? I mean, I guess that's something they could do. I would also argue that the millennials and the young kids trust Google. Whether they should or not, I don't know. I would have to see some hard data on that because that is not my experience at all. Huh. The, the, the younger kids do not trust those companies at all. They trust the people on the YouTube channel they're watching. They do not trust YouTube. Interesting. Uh, and we should also clear Be- up a couple In part things. because the people who do all those YouTube channels constantly talk about how much it sucks to work on YouTube. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm part of that. I mean, YouTube is very much painted by the enemy as the enemy by YouTubers fairly often. So I, don't, I think skepticism towards YouTube and Google is pretty widespread no matter who you are, if you have any contact with those companies at all. I hate YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should clear up uh, a couple things before we go. So, um, Matt, Mr. Booty, Matt Booty, I love that name. He did clarify that you know, stuff like Halo, Forza, Sea of Thieves, that stuff is not up for consideration to be released on other platforms. Mm-hmm. So, the big marquee stuff, and I think the way he phrased it was stuff that we can build around and increase the value of ourselves with our existing technologies would never be considered for that. But mm. he, he said he felt like games that they could end up selling more if they put them on other platforms. And they're just kind of these standalone things that they can't do much for with their platform. Mm-hmm. Those would be the products that he would consider allowing onto other platforms. Right. I mean, so, that just... So you're not going to see Halo running on Switch. You're not going to see right. Gears running on Switch. But also that caveat makes it sound even more like something that would work on switch yeah no you're right i mean those are the exact games that would work on switch in most Mm. cases so just an interesting discussion the the switch couldn't use halo no for sure yeah i mean it it does need good shoot well no bethesda's been doing a pretty good job wolfenstein and doom i guess yeah that's pretty good for a nintendo platform yeah Uh, but I, I think the whole landscape of first-party, exclusive, all that stuff starting to get blurry. A Nintendo, I think, is always going to protect. Unless you're Sony. Yeah, yeah, I guess. 
And even then, Death Stranding on PC, maybe. Yep, exactly. Even Sony, that's, that was what I was talking about when you foreshadowed mm-hmm. it earlier. You kind of mentioned, you know, we were talking about that game going to PC. Like, even Sony now is starting to be like, okay, maybe it's better to just sell more copies of a game. Instead of holding, like you said, mm-hmm. holding a product hostage, forcing people to come to our platform and spend four or five hundred bucks just to play it. I mean, I maybe think we it, should be happy that we're going to make twenty or thirty bucks off of maybe, that. Copy I mean, I still sold. don't think it makes that much sense for Sony to do something like that because Microsoft, in Microsoft's case, they have that, you know, that Xbox ecosystem that crosses platforms. But like Sony doesn't really have anything like that. So kind of give, putting Death Stranding on PC just sort of, kind of dilutes what they have more than builds another strategy whereas with xbox spreading things around makes me feel like they're building that strategy in addition to their hardware whereas right now sony feels like the only thing they have is their hardware and their exclusives well don't forget that they they've actually started game stream i mean they didn't start it but they bought the two startups that started game streaming in the first place Mm -hmm. so they do have another outlet but you're right not as many as microsoft but well, also, they would need. To, about it, they though, would really need to improve PlayStation Now yeah. to be something yeah. on. I mean, even on par with Stadia. Like the yep. one thing I know of the people I know who are working with Stadia right now, the thing they've said is that the encoding is astounding. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's in the sense that like when it has know, to be. And like when you play <laughs> PlayStation Now and something, and you have a, a, st- a stutter or something. So, you know, you have a kind of a free. You know, it feels like a streaming freeze, right? Yeah. And apparently on Stadia, it feels more like when you're playing a PC game and the graphics card chugs a little bit. It feels like a more natural problem. And it, and it, but you don't have to stop playing. It's it's yeah. not like it, it's not like it freezes and like everything mosaics and everything. It's more like it chugs a little bit, which is a thing that PC players are totally used to. So I mean, it's like. Yeah, the company that did YouTube's encoding algorithm did a pretty good encoding algorithm. I mean, they're pretty good at that yeah. when you think about it. Like, that makes oh, yeah. sense. Well, it's like a, a while back I was talking about uh, that show on HBO, Silicon Valley. And I was like, you know what? That company, that startup, that fake startup mm-hmm. that is on that show actually could become, like, the biggest company in the world if it really had a compression routine that was that yeah. good. Because it's a brilliant idea. If you can really compress stuff yeah, so more than anyone else, you get filthy rich. Yeah, so like magic is usually a good business idea. Yeah, yeah. it is true. Um, so it is kind of interesting that now we're kind of seeing like where a company like Pied Piper could be the biggest thing mm-hmm. ever because it's all about being able to compress that data down and being able to spit it out as quickly as possible. And just one last point before we move on, and we do have to move on because we're running out of time. Um, I also feel like if you do the math, and you're Sony, and you're like, okay, so we have The Last of Us Part Two, or we have Death Stranding coming out. And we can hold it hostage, and we can make people buy a PlayStation 4 to play this, and then mm-hmm. eventually a play- maybe they wait and buy a PlayStation 5. What profit margin are we making on that hardware at that point? We're making probably maybe best case scenario, 50 bucks on each unit, maybe something like that. And then you say, okay, well, if we sell this game to this person, we make... $30 on this game because it's first party and we control it all, it's not that bad of a proposition to mm-hmm. allow it to happen. Well, also, I mean, I mean, I know Kojima is sort of a, a, a an idolized uh, developer in, you know, the hardcore circles, but, like, his games don't sell that great. Yeah. I mean, Metal Gear Solid Five sold $6 million last I saw. But that's I think a, it ended up getting near ten. That's like a lo- across a lot of platforms. Right. Yeah, um, it is. That is not, uh, and I think the record before that was six million for MGS four. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not that is not a God of War. That is not a Spider Man. We've said it a million times. There's a reason Konami let him go. Yeah, I mean, 
And I know there's like rumors now of like Sony buying the Metal Gear property. And it's like there's no way that that would. I mean, they can make their own IP, and even one as lackluster as Days Gone is is crawling up to the five million mark right now. Yeah. Like you don't need to go through the hoops of buying buying a multi million dollar basically old IP from Konami, who probably wouldn't sell it anyway. Um, it should. They don't want to. They want to make their own stuff. I know, but it should. Those pachinko games, are, they're, they're making more money now than they ever have as a company. I know. They made the right decision. I know nobody out there Not for us. It. I mean, we, yeah. we get screwed because we don't get to play Castlevania or Suikoden or Metal Gear anymore. But as a company, as a and company, if you're a shareholder, was a move. it was the right call. So, all right. So, I don't know. Like, the Death Stranding thing, we'll see. I mean, I would assume we'll find out this week. Yep. Should be coming up soon. All right. It's time for our trailer of the week. And there were several good trailers this week, but this one I chose for you, my friend. Mm-hmm. I knew that you would appreciate this one. Uh, as you guys know, this is a time to get all your questions into chat for our Q&A. It is going to be a little shorter today, so you better make them count. But here is the launch trailer for No Man's Sky Beyond. I think I've said it before, but uh, I think it's that game is now what I thought it was going to be all along. Oh, I think it's beyond. What it is beyond, actually, it now. Be. Yeah. I mean, there's, what, 32? I mean, that's what it's called. So, like, right. Yeah. Uh, the, I, there is, what, 32 concurrent people that can play together now? I think that's, like, the co-op quest stuff. Yeah. yeah that's like, pretty crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care about the multiplayer in this game. Yeah. Uh, the VR is a nice trick, but I don't know how much I'll use it. I'll probably try it on PSVR and say, like, oh, that's cool, and then, like, that's it. Um, more interested in the kind of the weird tweaks they've made and, like, the procedural changes, the biome changes, the riding creatures. I don't know how into milking creatures I am, <laughs> but uh, I guess it's just part of the new base it's building It's an acquired thing. taste. Um, <laughs> and if Luke Skywalker can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like, uh, I'm glad they're still supporting it. I played a lot of the uh, the next update a year ago, and I will probably play a lot of this. 
And you probably heard I forgot we didn't take the mics down, but no. uh, neither one of us have got to play it. No, um, it's not because it doesn't come out till tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, so it's not available today. It's tomorrow. Not a typical Tuesday release. Let's get to some questions. We are running out of time. Uh, w Matthew with the ESA mishandling press YouTuber and press and YouTubers data. Do you think Microsoft and Nintendo might use that as an excuse to dip from E3, meaning leave E3? Uh, Microsoft is barely there as is. No, probably not. No, they don't care. No, they don't care unless it happens to them. <laughs> they don't care about us. As long as we show up, that's all they care about. Like, if we did some kind of a boycott where we're like, the press isn't going to E3 unless Sony does something, Sony would still go. Yeah. So they would still ignore They wouldn't care. Also, yeah. if, like, you do that, all it takes is one outlet deciding to break the boycott, and they get all the E3 coverage. Yep, no one's exactly. Gonna it it's yes. not going to happen. never going to happen. Yeah, they just don't care about us. But we've, we've, we've known that for a long time. Uh, Jerry Vic Seven. In hindsight, would Google Stadia have had a much stronger initial sell? Well, I mean, it's not really selling yet. No, it's not out yet. In messaging, if Google would have waited to announce it until it had exclusive games to pair with it, it does have exclusive it games. It does. Just no one cares about them. They're just not great. Yeah. And that's going to be the case with Google Stadia. It's going to get exclusive games, but they're all going to be like B-level indie stuff. Yeah, stuff that they make in-house. Yeah, the, I mean, no yeah. big studio is going to be like, sure, we'll, just, we'll give it to Stadia first. No. That's not, that's not going to happen. Um, and I think, you know, Phil Harrison works for, runs Google Stadia. He knows that better than anyone, the power of places like PlayStation mm -hmm. and Microsoft. So, And I still... I, I fervently believe that that because uh, this is where like I thought of it and finally like the Stadia thing made sense to me. It's for China. Yeah, they're trying to break into the Chinese market because that is huge, and it's an untapped market. Everything they get in North America and Europe is bonus points. Yep. Justin Horman, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime. Also, thank you for using the emoji of my head. <laughs> Usually everybody uses packs, but you actually busted out my head in the chat. So thank you. And thank you for the subscribe. Like 26 months in a row, man. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, Super Cordon Blue. I just want to say how great the show was. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Uh, the One Geo. If you were given a million dollars to start a new company, what kind of company would you create? This one. Except it would be successful because I had plenty of money to make it successful. You yeah. need so much money to start a website and make it successful. Yeah, a million dollars isn't really anything. That isn't even enough. Like, I often think about, like, what if I won the lottery? Like, how much, say I won, like, 500 million. Like, how much of it would it really take to make Sifted what it really deserves to be? And it's, like, $250 million, really. It's a lot. It is a lot. But that's the kind of money you need to launch a commercial website and have it be successful and actually get eyeballs to it. Like, I was so naive when I launched Sifted. I was like, oh, I have all these fans that watch Invisible Walls every week. I've been away for a couple years, but they'll remember me. I was yesterday's news. Probably three months after I left game trailers, I was yesterday's news. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of money to launch a successful website, and that's one lesson I've learned the hard way over the last few years. What would you do? Um, I would just use it for film production yeah like a production company again it would be not like you could barely make half a movie for that money yeah but, or you uh, could make a really good indie film yeah maybe with like maybe. big time actors not really not for a million dollars oh for a million yeah yeah a million's nothing man i hate to say it but it's really not I mean, 250 million yeah I'd, I'd, yeah you make a few that's uh, what i was talking about like no if you with a million dollars I, that's, that's a you wouldn't have any big you're actors. making a blumhouse movie oh at that yeah point. That's nothing to make a film. No. I mean, it's really nothing to make a game either. It'd be hard to make an indie game with $1 million. 
and if you want to like, compete in like the hyperlight drifter sort of area, like the top like Hollow Knight area of any games, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't even make it for that. No. Yeah. Million dollars isn't what it used to be. When I was a kid, someone was a millionaire. They were filthy rich. Like, they weren't just, like, well-to-do, or they were rich. No, you still are, depending on where you are in the country. A million dollars isn't that much, man, no matter where you are anymore, really. If you invest right, you can live off that, probably, if you're in, like, rural Montana. That's true. I mean, it depends what the cost of living is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also, you get distorted by how much things cost here. Like, go out to the Midwest where you can, like, just sit down at a restaurant and get, like, a meal for, like, a lunch for two for twelve fifty which is like what it would cost for one sandwich here. Yeah. Like tipping tipping in the Midwest is weird because I'm just like I feel like I'm stiffing you. Like like cuz cuz 20% of the bill there is nothing. Well, when the bill is like $5. Yeah. And you don't want to know what people who live in those areas still won't tip 20%. Yeah. <laughs> they'll put like a, they'll literally put like a quarter down for a tip. Ugh. It's gross. Um Ed Rock the Truth. If that's a playoff of Ad Rock from Beastie Boys, mad props. Uh, if Konami is more concerned about making pachinko machines, then why are they still making Pro Evolution Soccer? Uh, are they making that much of a profit, even with FIFA being more popular? I think it's because they could—they are making money on it, yeah. period. And they already have the team there. They already have the processes in place. It's an annual franchise. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a treadmill that produces money once a year. There's no stress. Yeah. They, it's not Kojima. They're not worried about, oh, my God, is he going to come to us and delay this game for, like, the eighth time after mm-hmm. he burned through another $100 million? It's, like, just a, it's a dependable source of revenue every year. It's a fixed it's cost yeah. with fixed revenue. Yeah. And any most companies will take that all day Every day. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. Because, like, Konami, the one thing about Konami, even in the era of the Pachinko, they do not seem to have bought into the delusion of infinite growth. Like, they're looking for a way that they can be profitable on a regular and consistent basis, pay off for the shareholders, and stay what they are. And that's pretty much what they're succeeding at doing. Smart. I mean, I don't like it because I don't get to play all these games I like anymore. Hell, just give me a Suikoden collection, like, at this point. But they're they're making money. They're doing well. They're in the they're in the best financial shape they've been in for like fifteen years. Yeah, and it's gonna stay that way. Yeah, yeah. All right. Before we go, we have a word from our sponsor. Let's roll it. Feeling the urge to get away from it all, permanently or for months at a time? Immerse yourself in the best Montana has to offer on three hundred and twenty acres of remote, heavily forested property. Gaze at your own private lake from the deck of the log cabin. Truly off the grid, soak in a custom wood fire heated hot tub surrounded by wilderness and wildlife. Visit www.lostlakemontana.com for more detailed information and images. You can also contact Doug DeShazer today at deshazermt at gmail.com or 406-291-1643. That's deshazermt at gmail.com or 406-291-1643. One six four three. Thanks again to our sponsor for making all this possible. Before we go, just a couple things. I know a lot of you guys probably jumped in in the middle of the show, and I had some announcements at the top of the show. I'm going to reiterate right now. Uh, a lot of the site improvements are happening right now. Brent's working on them. The first round is going to be under the hood stuff. You might not notice, but some other people will notice. Uh, and I wish I could see their faces when they do realize some of the changes we're making. Um, our fantasy football league, uh, this is the last call. If any of you guys want to join our fantasy football league, and again, it is fantasy football. It's not fantasy video games. Uh, this is the last call. Get in touch with me on Twitter or on the site at Shane. Uh, and don't forget today's high score every Saturday 
at 2 p.m. Pacific. It's our call-in show. There's no other video game show like it in the world. Uh, and the last two episodes have been amazing. This last week's episode, we, we're not afraid to touch on some pretty uh, challenging topics. We talked about games and guns, and everybody was really respectful, and the calls were great. We had people on both sides. Uh, so if you're interested in just watching or being a part of the show, every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, next week, we should have some games to talk about, <laughs> probably. Uh, we're definitely going to give you guys the recap of everything that happened at Gamescom because, let's be honest, by the time Tuesday rolls around, all the big stories from Gamescom will be out. Yeah. Um, the show will still be going on, and you can look for our Gamescom hub for that stuff, uh, but all the big stories will have been broken by then, and we'll talk about them then. So, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.